Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. everybody welcome back to elder scrolls off the record for episode number 60 yeah i got the number right this time i can't believe it's 60 already i was hoping it was episode 20 and i am joe the widget wilson joined by my amazing co-host the cultured evarwin oh oh dear joe wilson cultured am i is, is the pink yep it's an, indeed sir hold on i'm sipping my tea <laughs> good to be here dear sir and it's good to have the chat room hello welcome everyone thanks for joining us yet again for episode 60 Woohoo! and couple joining us will be uh, eligible for retirement Ooh, I mean, we're almost there yeah yeah a couple <laughs> more episodes jeez more, was that yeah. quick and joining us as always is the let me see what's the right word here cunning lewis alon thank you joe thank you very much hello everyone hello chat room glad you're all glad you're all here Devious plans in mind, let me tell you. Devious. <laughs> and oh. joining us, as always, is the cuddly David Adams. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep getting worse and worse for me, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> if, we have to take a th- if we have to do a third take, it's going to be nasty. Oh, man, I'm, I'm waiting for it. You better bet. <laughs> and joining us, as always, is the censored Shank the Tank. Yo, bleep! Oh, my God, Shank, apologize. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm beeping. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, hey guys, welcome back. We've got a fantastic show tonight. Uh, we've got a lot going on for the network, so this might. Well, who am I kidding? It's not going to be a short show. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest here. Uh, the first segment might take an hour alone. Anyway, Ivarwin, how about you take us into our sponsors? Of course, and uh, big thanks goes out to Tweaked Audio's PB Green and Yellow Edition earbuds with microphone. Tweaked's classic PB Green and Yellow with mic features a flat, tangle-free cord, a gold-plated connection that's going to ensure that optimal sound clarity that you have come to know and love from Tweaked Audio. And it comes with a free storage pouch. Best part? The inline mic will deliver superior audio clarity. Perfect. Absolutely perfect for a smartphone. Uh, $14.95 on their site, but with our code off the record, you'll get it for $9.87, saving you over $5. Also, don't forget about their uh, pink earbuds, which is still on clearance, if you can believe that. <laughs> Going for fourteen dollars and ninety cents with their code, with our code again off the record, that drops it even further to nine dollars and eighty-three cents. Plus, you have the worldwide shipping, unbeatable customer service, and the lifetime warranty. 
all on their site, tweakedaudio.com, tweakedaudio.com, guys. Also, we'd like to thank Guild Launch for sponsoring our show, too. Website hosting service dedicated to bringing you you, your gaming guild, community, or clan the features it needs to gain that extra edge. ESO, guild leaders, perk your ears up on this. You're forming your guild. You need a site. Check out Guild Launch. You'll enjoy full features such as raid-ready tools like DKP and even multi-game support for that gaming community that plays it all. They'll have your site looking incredible on any platform, including mobile devices and tablets. You'll get a full voice chat service such as Ventrilo, TeamSpeak, and Mumble support as well. You'll also, uh, you can also build a site for free or you can take advantage of their three monthly base subscriptions that unlock the power of your site starting at $7 a month. Perfect for blogs and podcasters too with tons of storage to access and hold all of your media content. So go check them out at guildlaunch.com. Thank you very much, guys. Guildlaunch.com. Minus 50 DKP for you. <laughs> Minus 50 DKP. <laughs> More. Anyway, um, so we are not going to be doing a weekend game. We have a ton of Elder Scrolls news for you guys. Elder Scrolls Online released a whole massive bunch of awesome this week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start this off with a 12-minute interview with uh, the man, Matt Froyer, himself. He is not Froyered. The biggest uh, single thing you can do to ensure your MMO is successful is take your time, do it right. You only have one chance to launch. you got to make sure that you have uh, full range of features for a, f- a full range of people. You have, have to make sure that you appeal to hardcore, to uh, more casual players, lots of things to do. So um, I like to think of it more as we're making a world that we want people to live in. Yes, there's a game there, but as you saw today, there's a lot of games in the game. So we want to make sure there's just a ton of stuff for you to do. So if you don't feel like leveling or you don't feel like PvPing, there's something for you to do. We started out knowing that two groups of people were going to play this game. Like, there's going to be uh, MMO players from, um, you know, all the old school MMOs from you know 1997 on, and now there's a huge population of Elder Scrolls fans that really don't know a whole lot about MMOs. They might have dabbled in some, but they're certainly not experts. So we had to make sure that the game appeals to both of them. And the way we did that is we kind of figured out what the commonalities were between the two and uh, really concentrated on making sure that we hit those. And, and some of the commonalities are um, not necessarily things people want, but what they don't want. So, for example, I think people are getting pretty tired of MMO combat now uh, in the MMO world, but the Elder Scrolls players kind of like their combat. So there was a, you know, hey, we make our combat more like Elder Scrolls and less like MMOs. Our core game has the same you equip a weapon and you left-click and, and right-click to, to attack or block, um, respectively. But uh, in Skyrim, when you're playing, uh, you have all these spells that you can choose from, and you switch between them by pausing the game, and you, know, you activate and you cycle between them and use them strategically. Uh, of course, you can't pause the game in an MMO, so what we did was provide you with the, you know, the, sort of the hot bar, where you can create a shortcut of all your favorite abilities and just fire them off in the middle of combat. And um, you know, I 
think that's something that you know was necessi- necessitated by what we do in MMOs, but actually I really enjoy. I really enjoy having access to multiple different spells in addition to what my weapon can already do uh, that can be fired on demand. I really like what it does to our gameplay. We're making it uh, an Elder Scrolls game. We're not making Skyrim 2. So I think uh, the Skyrim guys had that same... Uh, problem uh, when they went from Oblivion to Skyrim. It's like, your last uh, thing was Oblivion. How could you possibly top that? Because Oblivion was an awesome game. So we're, we're not trying to top Skyrim. Like, Skyrim's a fantastic game. Like, if you want to play Skyrim, go play Skyrim. Like, uh, we're doing something a little bit different. Yes, it's online, but uh, it's um, right, it feels like an Elder Scrolls game. You get in, it looks like an Elder Scrolls game. It feels like an Elder Scrolls game. We have many systems that come from there. It should feel comfortable to people who play Elder Scrolls games. But it's its own game on its own right. There's, there's tight timing windows for blocks or for you know, dodging. Uh, in a lot of ways, that's a tech limitation. Right? Um, internet speeds are a lot faster now, than they, and we can reliably have lower latencies. Um, whereas, you know, and with some of the older MMOs, with some of the classics, there was assumptions like, well, we just... It might be one second before you hear back a message, um, you know. And now, if you can imagine playing a sort of a modern shooter in one in a hundred or sorry, in a thousand milliseconds of ping, like you just you just turn it off. There would be no point. Um, so that's I think that's part of it, allowing for more reactivity. Uh, as far as um, you know, MMOs gaining more, uh, you know, I guess AI uh, and complex behaviors out of monsters, I think that is actually more of a philosophical thing. Um, you know, and this is just me speculating, but. Um, Definitely, uh, with our game in particular, uh, a philosophy was we want this to feel like a modern RPG, which means not a bunch of numbers, not you know crazy calculated DPS, and not a ton of UI telling you how to play the game. Being effective in battle can be communicated in better ways and, and, and ways that immerse you more in the world than having numbers float over your head. Like, you can see it from the hit reactions, you can see from uh, the animation that you use when you do one of the big, you know, when you do a power attack, you see yourself winding up. You know when you see that that you're doing a lot of damage. You don't need to see plus 50 over the, over the guy's head. Um, and I think that uh, it boils down to the fact that, you know, numbers are not Elder Scrolls. And uh, we're really, I said this in the very beginning this morning, we're making an RPG. Like, yes, there are, it's an MMO. Certainly there's lots of players in it. But we want a solid RPG experience. And the two sometimes are mutually incompatible, and that's, that's one of the places. It is its own challenge, but in a lot of ways it's, uh, it's better. We, we ended up designing things, especially for encounters, as kind of building blocks. We know there's this certain set of mechanics that every player can do, regardless of what weapon or class or skills they've selected. Right? We know they can block, we know they can do light and heavy attacks, uh, we know they can roll dodge, uh, and there's, there's a few other mechanics like that that get introduced as you go through the levels. Uh, and when we start producing the monsters, we, we think about how they'll play off of those mechanics. Uh, you know, at first it's very simple, great, this guy's going to cast a spell, I'll bash it. But then, you know, as you go further and further advance, you start to do things like, okay, well, this is a big monster, and he's going to do a big charge attack on you, and you can't block that, and now you got to deal with that in some other way. And um, what we found is because we built these things all um, sort of oriented around these, these core mechanics, that as we scale up to larger encounters, things start to just occur naturally, um, but all within a, a system that, that you know, players have learned and, and make sense of. It's just more of it occurring. Um, but it's really quite dynamic and interesting because you know two things happening simultaneously that you have to cope with is actually a is actually a pretty interesting challenge. Like you have to figure out the timings of each of them. Now, I think uh, if, uh, like I said, we want to support all different kinds of gameplay. Um, if a player wants to get in and play the game solo, like they did the other Elder Scrolls game, and kind of ignore the other players uh, going around, that's fine. Um, 
In fact, uh, that gameplay is well supported in most other MMOs. You know, you have an auction house, so you can buy stuff, you know, that other players do, and that's how you interact with them. And if that's the extent of the interactivity that you want and you have fun, hey, that's great. But what, what we did with the classes is we made them so that um, I, I really strongly feel when you start to play a game, you have kind of a role in your mind that you want to do. Oh, I like the way that guy looks. I want to be a guy in armor. I want to be, you know, uh, uh, a healer, that kind of thing. Just basics, basic decisions. Um, having four classes gives you the ability to at least start out on a path. So you know that I pick this guy, I'm generally going to be going this way. Yes, I can, if I pick, uh, you know, the sorcerer, I can pull out a two-handed sword and, and plate, plate mail and I can be effective. That's fine. Um, just by the fact that you know, I want to be a sorcerer because I want to cast elemental magic. You know, yes, I cast elemental magic. It doesn't mean I can't do any of the other things, and that and that's where it comes. That's where the system really comes alive. When we were playing with the you know the the, the initial uh, prototypes of the of the first person system a while back, pretty much everyone was saying, actually, the world feels more immersive. I'm really excited, and you know, in a lot of in a lot of places. Um, if you, you know, if you played today, you, you noticed you were picking off things off of shelves and, you know, and seeing books in corner. And when you're at eye, when you're actually at eye level and your camera eye level, a lot of times you notice that better than when you're when you're slightly angled. Um, and so, uh, we found that people were like, oh, well, look, there's actually a, a book over there and a crate over there, and they would spend more time, and, and you know, that really contributed to feeling even more Elder Scrolls because a lot of those things have always been in there, but because your perspective. You know, it sometimes could be more like a regular MMO. You may not have noticed it, and some people started noticing it, and it was pretty cool. We always knew it was something that players were going to want. We couldn't actually do it, and still were in process of doing it, mostly because, um, not to get too technical here, but you know, in, in first person in a single player game, all the effects, the graphical effects that play on your hands and on your weapons, are tuned for. I'm staring at him, and they're this far away from me. Um, in, a, in a multiplayer game, that same effect has to work this far away from the camera when you're looking at it and from 100 meters away when another player is looking at you. So you really need a system that scales the effects so that uh, you're not staring at a cloud of green <laughs> you know, or purple or whatever all the time when you're in first-person mode. Um, so, and, but also, it's enough so that when people from uh, are coming at you, they can see what it is that you're, what effect is playing, and so forth. So, uh, it's whenever you add other players seeing things from a different distance from where you're seeing it, a lot, a lot of uh, systems have to be designed. So, we needed to make sure we had the third person one working first, not just because that was your camera, but that was what how everyone else sees you in the world. And we do that, and then we can then refine that. So, when you go into first person, you get kind of miniature versions of, of, of those, so it's not so overwhelming to you. Um, then there's animations, and there's you know, it's a whole tech pipeline. But um, we've known for a long time we were going to do it, but people were already requesting it, you know, even, even before we, we made the decision. But we've known for a, long, a while now. Well, because uh, the modes are not exclusive, um, you know, you, can't, you don't choose at the beginning of the game, I only ever want to play first person, you can switch out. Um, more or less what we've been ex experiencing is that when you get into the PvP mode, the, you know, where, the, where the overall situational awareness is, most people go ahead and zoom out and, and play that way. Um, but it is an option that is a, a certainly immersive in a, in a way that the, the zoomed out view can't be when you do go into that. And, um, you know, the answer to the, the question as far as the PvE goes is uh, we were very careful to build our mechanics such that they would work universally, I would say, and when we were 
making the, the first person component of it happen, we, every step of the way it was, well, let's make sure this works as well with the mechanics. Because there are these building blocks that we know, it's like, all right, well, what will the experience of chasing down a monster to bash them or to block a heavy attack be like? And how will you know you're getting attacked from the side? And, you know, sorts of things that you would lose in the third person and, and making sure that they are supported in, uh, in the first person. And, you know, uh, we could certainly do it quick and, and just, you know, slap some hands up there and be like, yeah, we have first person mode, but that's really not the philosophy we have uh, with regard to it. It's let's make sure this is a fully realized game that people can experience. And then because you'll have both options, if you find that you know, when you do it in dungeons or PvP, you really want to just play in a more zoomed out view you can, um, then you know that works for us. But if you do want to experience the whole game in first person, then it's there for you. And we did our, we did our absolute best to make sure that that also was, a, was an Elder Scrolls game. I, I think the reaction that, that we had um, when we announced the game, which was, which was mixed, was more like... Um, we have heard game developers say things about games for a long time, and then we got into the games, and we didn't see what they were talking about. Um, that was a lot of the mixed reaction we got was headed that direction. It wasn't necessarily about Elder Scrolls. It was, I mean, there was some of that, but mostly it was like, yeah, yeah, we've heard of action combat system. We've heard all that. We get into the game, and it's the same old thing. So that's really why we have days like today where you guys, we don't talk much. You guys just get in and play. And then you guys tell everyone else that, hey, it exists. You know, uh, it really is what they say it is, uh, or it's not, whatever your opinion is. But, um, you know, basically, we are done explaining things. We want people to get in and play. And that's what's starting right now with days like this. Next week, you can play it on the floor of PAX East, so anyone can walk in and play it. Um, we're not going to sit them down and give them a presentation. They're just going to sit down and play it. And uh, that's and then they can see it for themselves, and then they can talk about it. Is it getting hot in here, or is it just me? I know, right? Oof. Ah. Ah. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm stripped down to my, my undies here. <laughs> Ew. I, 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 like, <laughs> I like what he left off with. This notion that, and I think I think everyone here at our our little our little uh, panel, and that's that's what the show is. The show is a panel. It's always a panel. It's a it's a bunch of gaming enthusiasts, experts, who who get together and, and throw this stuff around. And I think everyone here can agree that we we've heard devs promise and promise and promise, and then we get into the game and they just do not deliver. And I'm glad Matt Fire touched on that. Yeah, my question to you guys was because, I mean, is he speaking about games in general or like specifically MMOs where they, you know, devs make well, all these promises? I mean, in games in general, but specifically, I mean, you know, Joe, right? Yeah, you know, they're notorious. MMOs yeah. are very notorious for this. I'm glad mm-hmm. he touched on that. I mean, you can't have an MMO coming out without some promises that never get fulfilled. Um, I think we should probably just say that that was uh, that was from PC Gamer, by the way. Yeah, uh, who interviewed Matt Fire and, uh, and Nick Nick Conkle. So. Did you notice that Nick Conkle's voice is just hilarious? I love his voice, dude. Nick's a, a fantastic guy. I can't wait to talk to him again. Yeah. I had so much I had so much fun talking to him. So it'd be great to see him again over at PAX and Jess and Joe Burba and Matt Froyer and Paul Sage. All those guys are oh, fantastic. Yeah. Alright, so, <clears throat> there's a lot that has been learned. So, Yvonne, do you just want to trade and do these on and off? Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, does does anyone want to just sort of go over one or two points about the video that sort of perked their ears? Yeah, um, and it's actually, coincidentally, the very first point on here 
first-person combat mode will include hand, weapon, and spell animations. All right. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I, okay. This was. I mean, this was the the rug pulled from our under from our feet. I mean, this this was an amazing amazing piece of news. Um, they they have said several times, you know, this game has to feel like Elder Scrolls. They've heard from their um, their uh, you know their fans that this needs to be in there. And and the last thing that we heard was actually from Matt Fire, who was interviewed by an Australian. Uh, gaming outlet who who said basically like sorry guys we just can't we just can't do it and then and now they turn around and and they're like yeah, it'll be there by launch for sure and we've heard you and we're doing it and we're going to deliver even Nick was going on how it's kind of a crucial element to any Elder Scrolls game especially yeah. when you're exploring oh yeah I mean this is oh sorry Marvin no I'm I I wasn't saying anything uh, okay um, I mean. Th- this coming from, I mean, he's he absolutely right. Like so many people are, you know, because it's this is as we have mentioned countless times on the show. This is first and foremost an Elder Scrolls game, and I mean the fact that they they're saying, oh yeah, it's in there and it's totally full and it's containing all this stuff in all the features and it's going to be just like you're playing your single player Elder Scrolls games at home. I mean. I flipped. Uh, you could probably tell from looking at my past tweets, but I totally flipped because, I mean, this is a this is a developer that not only listens but genuinely cares and goes to the ends of the earth to try and you know give what their fans want. That's exactly. That makes, oh, sorry, Shane. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna say. I mean, that just makes me so happy, and it gives it gives me such a great like faith in the in Zenimax for doing this. That was the exact impression that I got when we went there in October and talked to staff, was that they truly care about the fans, and they want to yeah. make this a fan-worthy game. I, I wrote I wrote a couple of things down that um, Matt Fire and Nick Conkle had said during the, vine- during the interview. Uh, combat has to feel less like an MMO and more like Elder Scrolls, okay? The game should feel comfortable... Uh, like an Elder Scrolls, like a, an Elder Scrolls fan should feel comfortable playing this as an Elder Scrolls game. Okay, numbers are not Elder Scrolls. Uh, you know, I mean, these are just these are just things that that sort of like give us their their philosophy in building this game. Like this is for, and they've always said this, and it's nice to actually see them starting to deliver. This is first an Elder Scrolls game, and yes, it's an MMO, and that's exactly what Elder Scrolls fans have always wanted. Even and if you go back to the to the beginning part of when we started recording the show, Joe, you, uh, yep. when we started the building the MMO thing. And so it's a great way to talk about it. It's like even in the early episodes, we even talked about how cool it would be to have like me, you, and Lou on Skyrim together. It's pretty much what that is. <laughs> exactly. I, we, we always said that the an Elder Scrolls MMO should feel like co-op Skyrim in a way. Yeah, exactly. I think that was the very first thing when we started talking about the possibility of an Elder Scrolls MMO. You nailed it. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. All right. Um, Dave, any thoughts on this? Man, you don't want me to start a war. I didn't ask you for a reason. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Um, Yeah. Honestly, I'm worried. And I'm at the point where I really need to sit down and play it to, to... make a decision on this game. Okay, well, you'll get your opportunity soon. 
I'm I'm I need it because some of the things said in this this video worry the hell out of me. And I will be happy to <laughs> accept your apology for the statement. <laughs> event. Well, what uh, worries you, Dave? Well, a few things. Specifically, saying that uh, the biggest the biggest number one thing is that they said Elder Scrolls is not a numbers game. Right. I agree. Okay. In fact, in the fact that it's not a I deal 10 damage to you, oh, I can be even better and deal 11 damage to you. It's not like that. I understand. The thing is, though, every time I've ever played an Elder Scrolls game, I'm a min-maxer. That's how I play. I, I try to be ridiculous, like, really early in the game. And every time I've ever played a mage, I figured out ways to start casting stuff, like, almost to the point where it's giving me back mana. <laughs> so, this is... I'm just worried because I do min-max. And I know that they said even that people are getting bored of the MMO type of gameplay. Right. Well, you know but, he was talking about the numbers when you're doing damage to a mob. The numbers uh, scroll up over his head. That, that's what he was talking about. Not that, that the, it's not all that the a philosophy isn't. of the min-maxer. I don't want you know to walk into the game and see that I can pick spells 1 through 5... The only difference is they look pretty compared to each other. Well, I don't think that's what's going to happen. And, and you know that that you know some sites out there like like Zam is going to come out with a parser. Oh yeah, and there's going to have an API in it, so you're going to bet your whistle there's going to be a damage counter. Yeah. Well, I'm not so much into damage as much as I am just trying to make my dude, as I said, ridiculous. I try to find the ways to. God, they're gonna hate me for this. I tried to find ways to break games. <laughs> you know, Dave. I think you. I think you, it was kind of a. You, you know, I understand your worry, but I also think that you don't. It's what's where I'm looking for. It's not exactly as you heard it. In the terms of, it's not going to be as evident as other MMOs like World of Warcraft, where every number is thrown in your face. Right. Where all the gear is going to have number increases. I've seen it in the game. So yeah. it, Joe, it, you those... remember in, in WoW, right? <clears throat> when we were on the Lich King and how I was doing like three times as much as everybody else sometimes. You were playing I, I tried to break the game. I was ridiculous. And that's just how that class was, and that's the only reason I played that class. You know, Dave, it's still going to be very, very possible for you to do that in this game. Okay, good. I, I'm, you know, I know I'm making it sound horrible. I really am. Everybody's gonna hate me after this. But no, I don't think. I think Dave, you're you're bringing up a point that people need to to exactly. reflect on. You're not wrong, but I, also I think you're talking about you're worried about something that I'm I'm pretty sure even min maxers are going to be okay. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be all right with because I mean you're talking about a game that allows you to you know wear any piece of armor. And use any kind of weapon. That's a min-maxer's dream. It's their wet dream. Min-maxers constantly swap out. I mean, how many times have you, you know, as a plate-wearing uh, character, or you know, try, you know, not wore uh, plate bracers in favor of like leather bracers simply because they have just a little bit of you know dexterity on them? And it's going to increase your you know uh, your crit rating that 0.5 percentage that you need in order to get to that next tier of damage yeah I'm, I will definitely do that kind of thing you know, and Dave, that's, that's what this game supported on yeah um, also Dave if we all agreed on every point this show would be boring 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, like, every single one of us is different. We have the everyman of, of Arwen, then we have me, the ridiculous min-maxer. We have the lore dude, Lou. We have the, the developer dude, Joe. And then we have the guy who's never even touched an MMO. <laughs> the new going to get kicked out of our group the first day. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know we got a million different points of view, and I'm sorry for being the downer on this one, but I, as I said before... I, th- this is the point where I need to play the game. Yeah. I, I, I said it again. I said it before, Dave. I'm going to say it again. I cannot wait to see the look on your face when we get done with that play on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. So should I apologize on my knees or just bow? What do you want me to do? Uh, knees is great. And I'll have my audio recorder out, so I'll cast the audio so I can put it on the episode. The the look on his face in conjunction with the wet stain in the front of his pants will be priceless. <laughs> <laughs> What we'll about have, Lou? We'll have to revive Lou with the salt. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just grab, you know, I'll just give my opinion at every point as we get to it. But the very first thing I wanted to touch upon, like here on the notes, the first person combat mode, which I think is great, because just as everyone from that staff has been saying, they first and foremost, it's an Elder Scrolls game, yeah. which they want to also use or develop into an MMO. And, of course, there's always going to be that compromise between how far do we go to keep the Elder Scrolls spirit but also make it a viable MMO. Mm-hmm. And I understand, too, the caution when they first said, well, first person wasn't going to be supported, blah, 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 probably because they were trying it out and it probably had some rough spots. And you know, if I were them, I would play it safe, too. I would say, no, we can't support it. But now we have the good news saying, yes, it's out there because you know what? They fixed it. Mm-hmm. And they got it to work, and I think that's going to appeal to their dedicated ES, you know, Elder Scrolls fan base that's already there. As opposed to the MMO crowd, that's potential. They have a set crowd of players ready to go. You know, at first, Lou, I was one of those on that crowd where I didn't really care about first person. But now that they actually have it out, it gave me so many ideas to where I can play my different styles based on... Well, different styles I'm going to play. For instance, my Dragon Knight, for the way I'm playing him, I'm going to want to be in third person. I love the way the third person works in the game. But when I'm playing my, my archer, first person is going to be crucial for me. Exactly, depending on how they have the aiming system for arranged uh, characters. And that was probably yeah. off-topic what you were saying. I'm so sorry. No, no, it makes sense. I mean, again, yeah, first person, third person views are both totally supported in the game. Both camps are happy because I've seen some really ugly fights on different game forums oh, yeah. uh, because of this. you know, Blood's been drawn. <laughs> yeah, blood's been drawn. And I, I, so what amazes me is the fact that you know, no one here, both camps are at fault because there are some folks there that just don't want to see the other reality. They are so selfish that they only think theirs is the best way, only way it should be done in the game. I, I can't grasp that. I cannot imagine playing an Elder Scrolls game in only first person or in only third person. No, neither can I. I just want to say when I when I when I found this information out, I was having a really a really uh, busy day at work, and when I found this information out early in the morning, my my day actually went from busy to busier to busiest, and then horrible. Um, nothing, nothing could touch me that day. Nothing. I was on such a high, it was ridiculous. I was walking around in like the most miserable conditions with the biggest smile on my face. (laughs) And people were like, what's going on with you? Like, why are you so happy? I'm like, it's the greatest day ever. And shut your mouth because you don't know why. 
<laughs> My little secret. I was telling everyone that day it's no longer Wednesday. It's Middas, yo. It's Middas. It's Middas, son. And ladies and gentlemen, our walking Elder Scrolls calendar. And <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, this made my day. This made we, my week. Yeah. Well, amen. Yeah. yeah this next couple weeks is so exciting. I can't stand it. Uh, Shank, before we move on to the next point, do we get your opinion on this yet? On uh, the highlighted one or the first person one? First person. Yeah, I, I think I sort of accidentally launched this topic. But uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm just stoked, man. All right. I, I'm, <laughs> that's it. We're yeah. going to move on to the next point, and that is the UI is minimal but a more in-depth one can easily be chosen. Lou, I'm actually very interested in, in your opinion because you're very much a UI person. Yes, yes, I am, and, and thank you for the lead-in. Um, you know, we all played a MMO in the past few months where the UI was totally inflexible. <coughs> Look at you, Swotor. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that wasn't a hint at all. No, yeah, no, no. And, and for me, after playing these games so long, just being able to move the UI to my taste is its a small thing, but you know what? It's an important thing because everyone has their own little habits of where they look at things. And the fact that one company had the gall to say, no, we like it the way it is, and you'll play the game the way it is. And, and people couldn't wait. The moment... Bioware said, "Yeah, we open up the UI completely to you." Guess whatever you know. What most people did, they switched everything around. Yeah, they switched everything around them because they, they people told them point blank, "Your default UI layout sucks." And I'm glad that you know they give you a minimal one to begin with, so you're not cluttered by a million things on the screen like a jet fighter pilot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I really enjoy the the light UI. Yeah, I mean that's just information overload. But at least now they give you the chance to say, all right, you know what, if you don't like it, we have options. And maybe at one point later on down the road, they'll allow the modding community to release additional UI types to be used in the game. Mm-hmm. Ah, well said, Lou. I don't think I have, any, I don't have anything Dude, to say about that. That would be amazing if you could have modders make their own UI skins. That would be so sexy. Yeah, uh, Joe, would you mind if I touched on this real quick? to go for it, man. So, um, I guess one of the things I do in my uh, in my day job is actually, um, and I'm really glad about seeing this in here, is uh, actually doing some, uh, like, this UI design and test work. And, like, the biggest problem that we have is how do we display the necessary information to the user without, you know, as Lou said, completely overloading them, right? So... When they're saying here, right here, the UI is minimal, but a more in-depth one can be chosen. I mean, that that scalable level of detail that uh, at your discretion, that, that makes me incredibly happy, especially some of the, the game capture videos we've seen. I, I mean, to me personally, I, I think that's amazing. I'm, I'm very, very, very happy about the, their design choices. Ivarwin, uh, I don't know about you, but from mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the minimal UI because it, it left more for the world of Elder Scrolls and less yeah. worrying about buttons to me. I oh mean, yeah, absolutely. I, is, I, yeah. I agree with you guys completely. A minimal uh, UI will uh, will make only a, a more cinematic feel uh, of the game, and uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's, it's a great design choice. This was the first MMO that I played where I didn't click the buttons on the bar. I was I was a clicker. Um, on this one, there was 
not very much to have to worry about, so I was simply pressing my number keys as I was doing it. It made life so much easier and more fun. It was more immersive. Yes. All right. Um, next point. Unless you have anything else you want to say about one? Uh, you know, we should probably shout out Elder Rome uh, as we're doing these points. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, you know, we, we went we went right from the video to these points because it's just so seamless. But the fact is, is that, uh, you know, these, these points do come from Elder Realm. Um, you know, on, on Tuesday, March 19th, we, you know, we were all treated to a surprise update from, from uh, ZeniMax, obviously. And um, so, you know, a lot of this information came from um, IGN, PC Gamer, Massively Zam, MMORPG.com, uh, The Escapist. You know, there's, there's many others. Uh, Elder Realm was good to just sort of digest it all and just sort of come up with these points as to points like they have learned. Um, concerning all of this information, so so um, you know their 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 list of of information that they've learned was so comprehensive. We um, you know we we want to hearken back to it. So so uh, you know thank you to the Elder Realm for uh, you know compiling this list because we we absolutely one hundred and ten percent agree with with uh, these things as well. You know we we learned a lot Mm-hmm. Um, from these two, and a lot of these talking points as well, we want to we want to retouch on as well. So thanks thanks goes out to uh, Elder Realm for this. Correct. Yeah, that was uh, that that saved us a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, questing is narrative driven and dynamic. There is no grinding like in previous MMOs, and it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> and it's true. Yeah, this is, this is what you know. When we when we played Joe in October, we we saw this, and uh, you know this. They they said it's it's fully voice acted. It absolutely is. Um, it is narrative driven. It, you know, it's very dynamic. You can get you know all different kinds of of dialogue choices by by talking to uh, to these NPCs. Um, so it doesn't feel grindy. It feels more like you're engaged with the NPCs. Far more cinematic experience than than other MMOs, and uh, you know that makes for a, a, a better, more personalized experience, which is what you want. So I have a quick question for you guys. Um, and so in previous MMOs, like, would that mean like, oh, I need you to go like, go get me these ten books or something, and then you like run off and go get ten books, and then come back and you're like, oh, I need like. Ten of these things, and yeah, is that is that what they're talking about? Yeah, that's yeah. what they mean. Let me okay. uh, let me see if I can paint a picture for you, Luke, uh, Shank, on how normal MMOs work. Sure. You take your character, you walk into this tiny little town with a whole bunch of NPCs that usually have a marker over their head, usually like a uh, explanation point. Mm-hmm. You go over there, you flip through the conversation ASAP, grab the quest, you get all the quests in the area, you walk out in the world, open your quest log, and then figure out, okay, what are these quests? And then you go and you kill 15 rats. Oh, wait, there's also 15 more dogs nearby i got to kill, so you go kill those. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was great for the time, but after you've played, you know, uh, years of one MMO and then bounced to another and then to another, it's, it's, it's all the same thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, they wonder why there's... You know, the first three months is where you get a, a tremendous amount of people coming in. Then after that, the drop off is it's like lemmings off a cliff. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of cool that they're totally going a different route. Then that's that's awesome. It definitely has, like we said a million times before, it has the Elder Scrolls feel. Very yeah. dynamic. Uh, any other comments, guys? No, I, that no, is no. a no. All right. Skills such as stealth bonuses and rapid rap, rapid rapid weapon swapping are unlockable perks. Say that one six times. 
I'm back on a roll. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's very straightforward. You know, yep. it's it's nice to see something like that's in the game. And, uh, you know, um, stealth bonuses, I think that's something that we all sort of believed would be in there. No one ever really said anything about, about stealthiness as of yet mm-hmm. in uh, in the game. Well, um, I played but, with you know, stealth. It's Elder Scrolls, so we figured it would be there. Well, when we played, I also played with stealth a lot. Nick was kind of forcing me to. I, I saw uh, a video of someone in stealth that they did release, and it, it kind of looks like the ebony mel from Skyrim. How it puts out like a black mist when you're you're crouched down walking. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the, at least that's the mm-hmm. the, the that's one that exactly I saw. I thought was that like, was pretty dude. neat. All right, we have a huge point to get into right now. This is going to yeah. spark some conversation. Oh my god, oh my god. Territories are faction-locked, but only up until level 50. After that, any race can visit any playable area in the whole of Tamriel, though each territory will be scaled for a higher level of difficulty. I need to go change my pants right now. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! Is anyone else jumping up and down and squealing? Uh, When I first saw this, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Again, this is another prime example, gentlemen, of... Zoss listening to the fans and then making it work in their game environment. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure they heard me whining all the way over here in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> this is huge. You know, they, they've they basically given, like, the, the one of the, I think the biggest things that, that uh, fans of, of the game so far have been, have been asking for. First-person perspective, you know, true Elder Scrolls first-person perspective, and the ability... To to explore the whole of Tamriel and not just in your factional territory, and uh, you know, it. This is wonderful. This is absolutely wonderful. I, I mean, everyone was just so excited to get this. Um, and I think the way they were describing it was: once you hit fifty, you can go on to another uh, enemy faction's territory, and that'd be like level fifty plus content. And then when you're done with that, uh, it would be level 50 plus plus to do the other third faction's territory that you haven't gone to yet. So it just gets harder. Fan-freaking-tastic. That's perfect. Oh, happy. <laughs> happy, so, Dave. I mean, oh. this, this to me basically says, yeah, you don't need to create alts. Because you can take that one character and explore the entire, like, truly the entire game with that one character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm still going to pull a Lou and, and make an alt or two. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Lou, you've been entirely too quiet. I want to hear what you have to think. Oh, I think this is a great idea. That they actually listened to their player base who wanted to explore the entire world. And it, it gives an opportunity, you know what? Play your faction, your chosen faction, to the given level, max level that we have. And as an added bonus, hey, you know what? Now you can go and explore enemy territory. Because if you think about it, though, uh, you know, God forbid, you know, good thing is PvP is only in Cyrodiil. Can you imagine if they said, yeah, you could go to the other faction's territory and quest there, but, you know, doing so, uh, you know, enables you for PvP. Because guess what? You're questing, get the bottom line is, you're questing in enemy territory. Yeah. You know, no one's going to say, hey, what's going on, man? And let you, no. <laughs> no. You're going to die. 
All right. Um, Ivarwin, this next point I'm going to have you read, because if I do, I'm going to squeal all over the place. <laughs> this, is, this is something that we didn't see. This is a huge development. Uh, when a skill progression tree is maxed out, it can be combined with one or more other skill progression trees and morph it into something else. What the hell is that? <laughs> Speaking of, um, you know, ultimate customization in MMO, let's go ahead and make it further. <laughs> I mean, talk about... I, I mean, uh, I, I can't even I, I can't even conceive this, to be quite honest. I mean, as far as, like, what this is, looks like in my head is I'm really awesome at uh, one-handed and blocking, and I'm really awesome at two-handed. So does that mean, like, I can take my, you know, one-handed and blocking skill and my two-handed weapon skill and combine it somehow and make, like, you know, I'm pretty much a BA with a weapon in my hand, yo? Skill? Yeah. <laughs> I think yep. it's going to be Dave and I up late at night going, we need a theorycraft, Dave, right now. Yes. <laughs> Let's get to the yeah. training dummies. Yes. Do you there the... you go, Dave. There's your min-max in right there as well. Oh, my God. I know. I saw this. I'm foaming at the mouth right now. Hang on. I have a tissue. i got to wipe this up. <laughs> I can definitely I, see, uh, I can definitely see Dude, Lou and Dave trading spreadsheets over Skype. We are. This I'm so I'm going to happen. Skippers right now from hearing that. Then I just... literally don't have enough pants to change into at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just getting started. Ah, okay, uh, now let me compose myself here. Uh, anyone else have anything to say about this? Yes! Go ahead, Dave. Yes! <laughs> Alright, I think that's what Dave had to say. <laughs> I think that might have been it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm eager to see this when we when we sit down uh, Sunday. Oh, gosh, And yes. take a look at this. I'm very eager to see what it looks like. Uh, two or more mobs can group up and attack in different ways. An example, a Spriggan can use the surrounding foliage to hurt you instead of rushing in. This is something we have kind of touched on before, but I think this is a little bit more prominently put. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, to me, again, this is this seems a lot like, uh, you know, stuff we've discussed before, but I think it's it's put differently. You know, the, the, that old... Uh, that old description of you know the the Dwemer structures working together to to fight off um, you know Paul Sage and and uh, Nick Conkle during during that that um, the event in October, I think was a great illustration of exactly what this this line says that they're they're going to work together. The enemy AI is advanced enough where they're going to say, "Oh, you're doing that, bro. Well, let me go back over here and do this other thing that's going to help you with that." All right. Spells do not need to be equipped to be used, but instead fire instantly. Yeah, and this this basically is is the uh, the hot bar. Yep. You know they're letting you know that hey, you know we know in Skyrim you're used to putting spells in your hand, um, but in our game you're you're going to be using weapons in your hand. And then by the way, if you want to rip out a spell, that's what your hot bar is for. And it's very similar to, to Oblivion. Uh, now, it, is this something? Am I missing something here? Or this also looks to me when the last statement there, fire instantly. I'm assuming they're not going to have um, uh, casting time. There's no cooldowns in the game. Well, there's cooldowns, but I mean casting time. No casting timers. Like, and when you play again World of Warcraft, when you play a mage, a lot of your spells will take you know three seconds to cast, four seconds to cast. Wait, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like they're saying that, but it could also be just misconstrued and actually mean. It will activate instantly without needing to be put to your hand first. 
like it will activate the spell, and if part of the spell is a cooldown or a, a cast time, that's what they mean by activating instantly. Yeah, and I'm gonna I want to point this out again so our, our listeners don't you know freak out. What I meant by cooldown is they do have cooldowns to to compensate for lag, like we said before, but they're very minimalistic from what I've seen. Matter of seconds. Uh, Joe, I think we've got an update on this information, actually. Do we? Yes. Um, this, because I know, I know you and I saw cooldowns in October, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering it correctly. But um, as far as uh, in, an article that released from Forbes magazine, all right, um, they they are saying the, and this is a direct quote: the five button toolbar is also very very welcome, especially since there are no cooldowns. Only the use of magic points and stamina. Uh, cooldowns are universally evil as far as I'm concerned. A stamina bar is more intuitive and sensible. The fact that your main attacks are achieved through clicks makes the game sound much more like an action RPG than most MMOs out there. Just got better. Okay, so yeah. this is actually based off of your stats then. So if you just have more magicka, you can fire spell X more times than if you didn't have as much magicka. Yeah, like you do in Skyrim. Yeah, and that's just Sweet. I I'm I mean like I said I have no more pins. So So I'm now gonna... I got to go look through my garage for my rapid fire mouse that I use for Doom. <laughs> uh Shank, just get those depends out. I mean, it's too I I'm just using uh, paper bags here, so you know. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a great point. Thanks for bringing that up, if I want. Sure, that's, yeah. Uh, that that's pretty sexy, in fact. All right, thanks for putting me in my place. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just making sure that we're as I'm just messing with you, buddy. That's No, that was great. Uh, the next point I've experienced in my gameplay, I don't know if you did this quest as well, Varwin, when they had the, uh, the camp, but uh, disguises can be used to walk around enemy camps as long as you don't get too close. There was a quest I did when I was playing my... Uh, I forgot what I chose, but anyway, I think it was a Nord, my Dragon Knight, and you had to go find a disguise to get to infiltrate this camp to find out what's going on. Um, now I remember before we started, Nick was doing a, a doing a demonstration of the controls and what you can and can't do in game, and he went to this very same quest and was saying, I highly don't recommend trying to fight these guys. Just find the disguise and do it. Well, I did find the disguise. It was awesome because I was walking in like they were a pal as long as I didn't get too close. Then mm-hmm. I said, this is too boring and took it off and just started beating up everything. But the fact is, you can do it. <laughs> I've, I've never experienced this in, uh, in an MMO before and I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, it was completely unique to what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say because like, I've never ever heard of this mechanic like using disguises like this. Like, So does that mean you have to like go find it or... Is there going to be like specific dis- disguise quests that you have to use them? Or um, well, usually some MMOs will have it where part of the quest line is you get a disguise, but you have to wear it before you actually uh, begin the quest. And yeah, you're okay. told, you know, don't get too close because you know you are in disguise, and something may give you away. So don't, you know you won't have to get you know you'll have to find ways to get around the camp or around the, the area you're in questing uh, for the disguise to work. Otherwise, what happens is that they'll see through it. You know, see through it, and then you'll get attacked. Yeah, well, the NPC was basically explaining to me when I went up to her, 
uh, we suspect these guys of doing this and this, and you know it might be easier if we found a disguise. And I think there's a disguise over here. You can get it if you want, or you can just run in and do whatever you want to them. But we need whatever the task, whatever way you just do, you choose to do this. We need this information. So I went out, found disguise where she planned. I don't remember exactly the details, but came back, put it on. She's like, "Okay, let's go do this," and we went in there. And then I started just beating up on people. Oh, uh, okay, okay. That seems actually very fluid. <laughs> it was, cool. to the point where I forgot the details. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually a very fun mechanic and probably one of my favorite quests that I did there. Besides, there's a crazy magician one. Oh, I love that quest. Crazy magician? Yeah, yeah. there's this quest where I was just roaming the world like I, I was doing the entire time, and I saw this this guy crying outside of a cave. Went over mm-hmm. there and talked to him, and someone got murdered, and they suspected that this crazy person was at fault, and they tracked him to the cave. They wanted me to go in there, find evidence of who this person was, who he was working for, why he was there. And I had to go in this cave and track down all this evidence laying around that piece by piece solved this mystery of this person. Huh. See, this is what they're talking about. With uh, you know the, the quests feeling, uh, we said it earlier, and uh, you know I I, for, I forget how how they said it, but uh, uh, more dynamic, mm-hmm. narrative driven, and dynamic, like almost organic. Yeah, exactly. And normally in those kind of quests in other MMOs, you'd expect to fight some kind of uh, mini boss at the end of it. It's what I expected. I did find the I found this crazy dude, and I mean crazy. He was crazy. He sounded crazy. <laughs> And it was this, you can't catch me! And he was all over the place, and it wound up being this like four-step puzzle type thing where he'd multiply himself, and I'd try to figure out who was who, and never fought the guy once. By the time I figured out his puzzles and finally caught him, he gave up. Mm. And surrendered. So it was a complete unique quest that blew my mind. I had so much fun with it, it was ridiculous. So, anyway, any other thoughts, guys? I just want to call attention to the chat room here. Zarin is uh, is make, making a comment saying um, that's probably why he's so excited about ESO, just to play in all the different areas. And he cares uh, he cares more about exploring in ESO than really any anything else. I am with you, dude. I mean, they, they, I completely understand where this guy's coming from. That's awesome. Of course. And, and you know what? So does every other Elder Scrolls fan out there. That's what Elder Scrolls has always been about. That's Absolutely. why they haven't named it. Like, each game is, is named, you know... Not you know the the awesome hero who is you. It's it's also it's you know named Morrowind and mm-hmm. and Skyrim and you know well Oblivion different, but you know it's about Cyrodiil and. Well, I, I'm different than you guys. I love the combat in Elder Scrolls. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And it's love just it. as fun, if not more fun, in Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> but yeah, exploring sexy. Oh yeah. Alright guys, it's the full Elder Scrolls package. Uh, the next point, looting enemy corpses will not reward you with the exact items they are wearing. If I would have saw that mud crab wearing that green pair of pants, I would have laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, what, what, what can you say about something like that? It's very straightforward, you know. Um, it's good. You know, yeah. it, keeps, uh, it keeps things different and interesting you know you never know what you're going to get when you open up the uh you know the chest or when you loot the corpse so that's one of my favorite things about mmos was the random loot chance yeah you're always trying to you always get so excited when you find that that colored item whether it be a green quality blue purple epic you know when you find those items it's just that 
joygasm of what you found and being able to use it and whatever. So yeah, I like that aspect that they're keeping that aspect of a traditional MMO. Comments, guys? I'm actually not sure what to think. Probably because I'm very, very like I've never played an MMO, but like so. I mean, if you attack a wolf, it, does this mean that, you know, because I, I would expect that I'd be able to, you know, collect its pelt, whatever. Does this mean that I won't be able to collect its pelt or its fur or anything? No, that stuff's in there. Oh. There's also a yeah. chance of, like, you know, you think of it on, on, on RP style. You open up his gut and you find the remains of someone's bracers that he once ate. Oh. Yeah, something like oh. that. Oh, okay. That's, that's It's really actually- not, not that different than what you see in Skyrim, to be completely oh. honest. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. People in chat room are asking, colored loot? Yeah, it goes by the, the conventional color scheme of loot tables, which is like uh, green for uncommon, rare loot, uh, blue for rare, purple for epic, that kind of thing. And I personally like that. Okay, um, next point, Ivarwin. Right, okay. Uh, there are four known classes to choose from. Now, we knew about the Templar and the Dragon Knight, but they also mentioned the Sorcerer and the Nightblade, which I believe mentioning the Nightblade was an accident. <laughs> but they let it slip. Uh, you know, we, we, we honestly, I thought this was information they were going to give at PAX East. We, mm-hmm. We've never been told uh, what the mage is going to be or called. Uh, in in this game, and we knew they were going to have some kind of a thief, assassin type of character, but we didn't know we didn't have, have any hint toward it either. So uh, this is big news. So we've got uh, the four classes in total: Templar, Sorcerer, Dragon Knight, and Nightblade. Yummy! The Nightblade looks so good. Yeah, I'm just speaking from the video. You know, totally sexy. So, uh, Joe, what are you going to be? I'm still Dragon Knight. Lou? I'm going to start off as a Nightblade. Dave? <sighs> Screw you, I'm doing all of them. <laughs> Shank? <laughs> Nightblade, I gotta, I gotta go Nightblade. I want to go Templar. I know <laughs> I know. Dave's going Sorcerer first. That's just the way he yeah, is. Yeah, I'm starting the Sorcerer first, and then I'm going to probably do Dragon Knight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Here's another very interesting point that... Uh, brought chills because it just kind of solidified something that we've talked about in the past or wanting to have and that the fighters guild will be tasked mainly with fighting daedra whereas the mages guild will move against the necromancers oh my god i'm, I'm sorry if did i interrupt you nope <laughs> that was it go ahead man nergasm away dude this i mean i'm sure luke can appreciate this as well as well as you other fellow lore addicts this aligns absolutely perfectly with the whole mages versus necromancers. Indeed. I mean, it, it's, it's they're keeping in tune with the established timeline for what should be happening uh, all around Nern at this time. So, so yes, we will see what we've read in the books in Skyrim <laughs> in other games. Yeah, well, you know what? We're living it. Yeah, we're, we're living it and, like, actually, you know, ha- having a hand in, like, forging it, man. Is that, I mean, oh my god, this, this, I, I don't have pants, this sucks. Hugh <laughs> lore master awesomeness. Here's another huge point right here, Joe. Oh, I, I can't wait to get that one. Oh, yeah. That's going to be giant. Um, <laughs> like before we get to that one, though, PvP fortresses <laughs> will correspond with ruins encountered during Oblivion. 
That's it. I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> we're going to be the ones that made those ruins. <laughs> yeah, we're going to Oh, uh, sorry. You needed that window? Oh, snap. My bad. <laughs> well, and if there are any PvP fans out there in the chat room or in the audience or you know, listeners, I definitely go to the Elder Scrolls Online site and look up the fine details for PvP fortresses because in keeping with you know the line of a lot of these people have come from working out of MMOs, especially Dark Age of Camelot. And if you ever played that game and ever played Out in the Frontiers and doing Realm versus Realm versus Realm, you know exactly what they're going for, what they're trying to do with the PvP fortresses. Hint, hint, <laughs> hint. <laughs> hint, 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 lore master, hint. All right, Lou, you rock. Okay, anything else on that? No. All right, big point. Ready? Yeah, here we go. Okay, Var, I'm going to let you do it. I want you to have the honor here. There will be five crafting professions. Armorsmith, Weaponsmith, Enchanter, Alchemist, and Provisioner. Provisioner. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you're starting to talk like me. Provisioner, which is a cook. Those players will only be able to master one of these. However... You'll be able to do all of them and be very, very good at all of them. Also, this stuff, okay, the stuff that you're able to make with these is going to be, they're saying, just as good as the end game gear. That's pretty hot. Of course, you're going to have to venture like mad to get the mats to make all the good, that good stuff. Oh, dude, I got you covered. I'll, I will adventure for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at this list already trying to pick out what am I going to do first? What am I going to master? Do I want to be a cook? Would that be cool? See, and this is why I gladly suffer (laughs) alt-itis. They're really... This this sort of uh, grabs up a couple of those Elder Scrolls philosophies. You know, you're able to do all of these professions in Elder Scrolls games. Um, And also, it also... uh, eliminates a lot of the reasons why why people do make alts. You know, how many people have you heard like, oh, you know, I I rolled an alt because, you know, I really want to be good at that other profession too and and just be completely self-sufficient for my main character. Um, You know, you'll be able to to start up a character and likely, you know, you're going to go through all of these professions, build them all up at the, you know, towards the end, you'll pick one that that really uh, shines through for you, um, but you're still going to be great at all of these and and very self sufficient. Man, like I, I'm I'm just thinking, it's sort of like I don't know if it's necessarily long term, but I mean, like think think about our guild guys. Like, could could we like realistically like I, maybe I'm don't even understand what are like the MMO mechanics, but I'm imagining us having like this baller like hey welcome to the Elder Scrolls OTR like bazaar you can pop in and check out you know Joe the Widget Wilson's cook and hopefully not get poisoned and <laughs> no promise you know what I mean like how sick the, the, we could oh god this this is like opening up so many possibilities in my it's head it's gonna it's gonna enable if you if you really stick with your crafting professions okay it's gonna enable you to outfit yourself very nicely 
All right, but what it's also going to be able to do is is uh, make you great at one particular thing. This way, people come to you and say, "Gee, you know, I know you're really awesome at enchanting. Would you mind enchanting this? You've got those extra high level spells I don't have." Yeah, no problem. Here you go. And then, so you're you're able to be self sufficient, and at what, the same time, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry for interrupting you, but you're you're absolutely right with the whole people trading big spells that they may have picked up that other people don't have. Yeah. Um, one thing that happened in the, the the guild that Joe and I used to be in in WoW is every two, three months, we'd all get together and take over a town and just have a day where we made stuff for all newbies in the guild. Mm-hmm. Or just built, like, a ton of bags and everybody brought all of their their linen and stuff and people made bags and we handed it out to everybody and right now I say guys let's get together rise up and say that we shall master these professions for our guildies and have days where we take over a town I'll have have my big fluffy (laughs) white hat and then charge a nominal fee for each product so we can, you know, make up our margin. I'll have a big fluffy white hat, you know, sitting there Well, I mean, I like their approach to this because it will allow players at least master, be a master at one, be great in the others, and still build the interdependency because, you know, this is an MMO. You know, for me, my opinion, I expect you to socialize. Yeah. You know, so if I'm a great armor smith, but guess what? I can't make weapons to the point I'm satisfied with. So, you know what? I go to Yvarwin because he's a weaponsmith master. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was the yeah. point I was about to make before Dave rudely interrupted me by punching my fist. <laughs> <and pounded. laughs> I'm sorry, Marwan. It's okay. It only hurt a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, you're right, Lou. I mean, it's what's great about this is you can be, you know, uh, moderate. You can be self-sufficient, but at the same time, it's not going to take away from the economy and and trade between player to player, which is, you know, necessary in an MMO. It's not going to take away from that. So you're not going to be able to do absolutely everything perfectly, but you're going to be able to do absolutely everything very well. And only one thing perfectly. All righty. One corresponding point right after this. And yes, Yvonne, you're right. Just saying, man. (laughs) Uh, Crafting can involve reverse engineering as well as choices in particular styles and the addition of extra ingredients to base items which add perks. Yeah, this makes me very happy because one of the one of the things that kind of got me a little uh, I don't know down or disappointed with, with uh, I guess Skyrim's crafting is that uh, I mean you can do it through mods, but you 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 make a sweet piece of armor. There's no way to break it apart and use those things again, those individual components. And if 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 this uh, if this uh, new point that they're talking about here is what I think it is, this is. This is a, this to me sounds like a true like incredibly in depth crafting system, and it makes yeah. me quite happy. I uh, saw reverse engineering in Rift. I saw it in Swotor. Um, I got a taste of it, I believe, in Guild Wars Two, if I remember it correctly. Every single time I was able to reverse engineer inside a crafting skill, I enjoyed that crafting skill far more. Yeah, I think in Star Wars, I had the had the right idea when it comes to ver- reverse engineering because reverse engineering is just not yeah. breaking down components; it's it's being able to break down what you found and be able to repeat that process mm-hmm. and make it again. So I was thinking, I promise you guys, I'm going to steal a sweet roll from the Nords, and I'm going to reverse engineer it ah! to have a sweet roll. 
Yeah, wow. Fool42 in the chat room is saying, reverse engineer beer! <laughs> yes, that would be for our alchemists to do, right? Yes. Yeah, sure. I can't <laughs> wait to do alchemy and enchanting. I love alchemy and enchanting. In, uh, really enchanting I love in, um, in Skyrim. And I'm really starting to enjoy alchemy now as well. I'm looking forward to doing it in ESO. All right, guys. We have another giant point, or yeah, point to get to. You guys have last thing you want to say about the uh, crafting? No, I'm sure we're gonna have a lot more to talk about when we get into the game and start playing with yeah. it. But just to reiterate, this is all like information that's come out this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're an hour in, and we're halfway done with this one point here. Yeah. So, as well as race and guild skill trees, there will also be vampirism and lycanthropy skill trees. <laughs> Yeah, I, am I the only one that actually like just doesn't care? Yeah, well, some people care. That's why I brought up. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I I completely agree. Like, I know I have my one of my best friends is like he he loves like the the vampirism skills and the grips and they're cool powers. But I, I guess my personal role playing, I never could really get into it. But I mean, it's cool that they you know did really think about everything in here. Let me uh, point out the biggest point here is one little tidbit right in the beginning: guild skill trees. Okay, I definitely overlooked that. That's sick. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people have. With all this information, there's some there's some tiny little like kernels of brilliance in here that some people do skip over. This is one of them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you again and again, uh, yeah. Zoss, for this. Again, you know, this is all some... All of us here played Rift, um, mm-hmm. with the exception of, of Shank. And um, we saw this in in Git in uh, in Rift, and this was this worked out very nicely. The One system of my that they had there. Yeah. All right. Any comments on this, uh, Lou? No, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, there's so much that they're adding. You know, God, the flexibility that's being presented to us right now is almost wow. It just makes it staggers me as to what the possibilities could be. The the va- the vampirism and the lycanthropy skill trees. Okay, including the race skill tree, really fleshes out this idea of I can really do a, an unbelievable amount of things with my character that the Ooh. next guy or the next forty guys aren't going to be doing. Yeah, um, you're right. But it's something just occurred to me, Varn. Do you mind? Yeah, yeah. The okay, that's something I overlooked. You just mentioned about missing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not. That doesn't say class skill tree, guys. That says race skill tree. Race. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking they're not going to have you know those uh, race perks that you find a little minor like you know two percent bonus to oh magic my increase. God, this is an actual skill tree. Yeah. Yeah. So I can make my like Bosmer chick just like dump all my skill points into making her like super hot. Well. I think this what it does is instead of like having like for instance the high elf being a magic based perk system, it might have a skill tree to where you can either go for you can go for that magic side of things, or you can branch off and go for more archery based skills, or you can branch off and get more bonus to your melee tanking or healing. So it's not something that you you don't have to pick a race, which I think this would be probably the smartest thing they would ever do. Is not picking a race based on their starting skills, but picking a race because it's the race you want to play, whether you like the lore, whether you like the look, whatever. And just building your character on the racial skill tree on how you want to play it without having to think, okay, well, I really want to play a high elf. I'm not playing magic, so I'm put up with the, you know, the loss 
there from it being a boost of magic, but I'm going melee instead. Did any of that make any sense to you? It sounded that like made, in my head. No, that that make that actually that makes perfect sense because you, yeah. you like you said you're not they're they're allowing you the flexibility to create your character and not get locked into something early on. Fair enough. I think um, I found an article here from from Penny Arcade, and uh, I'm trying to uh, pick out the exact exact quote that they've they've got here. Um, as far as as far as what we're talking about. Um, Looks like it might take me a while, though, so I'm sorry <laughs> to, okay. to detract <laughs> from the uh, conversation. Let me just go ahead and move on to the next point, and you can bring it up when you find it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, when, I, when I finally whip this thing out, I'll... <laughs> All right, homie, you got it. Awkward. Yeah. All right, Zenimax has, sta- ha- Zenimax has stated that controller support is a possibility for combat, although it will not be ready for launch. Yeah, did you hear that, Shank? Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm i sorry. I'm, just, I'm trying to change my bags. Um <laughs> Hang on a second, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, as, as uh, you all or the the audience probably knows by now, I I, uh, I do play on PC, but I do play with a controller, unlike probably most everyone else. <laughs> so, I mean, I understand why you uh, a mouse and keyboard is absolutely necessary for a game like this. I'm not arguing that at all. But this again, Joe, we mentioned this at the top of the show. Their dedication to their fans. They know people play Elder Scrolls games with a controller. So just by, you know, having this in there, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say, man. I mean, this is just awesome. It that they're actually, like, you know, thinking it through, like, all the way through to their fans like this. Oh, exactly. This is another crucial element. I mean, although it will not be ready for launch, as they say, I mean, I mean they may push it through, but I don't think it's high on their priority list. But the fact is they're stating that it's going to be in the game. I'm going to hold it to them. And say okay, update one point one. Let's see it. Yeah, yeah and you, and you know what they said the 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 full first person might be a possibility as well. A couple months ago, and look where we are today, man. <laughs> you got a good point there. Um, I I did I did find that quote um, okay. concerning the uh, the different types of skill trees. So uh, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead with it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. I'm waiting for you to go. Uh, all right, so. This comes from Penny Arcade, and they say, uh, Skill trees are bo- broken down into seven categories. Class, weapon, armor, racial, world, guild, and alliance versus alliance. These categories are then further broken down into subcategories, which is where you choose your skills once you've leveled appropriately. Holy customization, Batman. That's Seriously. Like actually ridiculously insane. Yeah, I mean, not to, and I re- I hate the fact that I interrupted like that, and I should be beaten in the, in the face. I, I really apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I gave you that opening to do that. Remember? <sighs> yeah, but the thing, and I just hate to bounce from topic to topic like that. But um, yeah, I just wanted to to throw it out there. So seven seven categories: class, weapon, armor, and we saw we saw the class weapon armor in in October. I don't think we, we didn't see racial, uh, world, guild, and AVA. We didn't see those. World. World, world. What is? Uh, I don't. I don't know. That's. We know it's there. Everyone's <laughs> like, living in the same world. I mean, what could that mean? <laughs> so, well, world. I'm. Th- does that mean like just your alliance, or does that mean like Tamriel? Uh, honestly, I mean, we don't most, know. On, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brian, Go ahead. You know what? I was gonna say. I was gonna say. To me, it sounds like it would be your your. Your alliance, but on but they've got they already have that listed here. AVA Alliance versus Alliance. So 
you get factional skill tree. I think it's safe to say that we'll put this one as we just don't know. Yeah. Until we get more information, there's no way we can answer that, Shank. That world, holy crap, that sounds insane. <laughs> That's sick. All right, let's move on, guys. Um, way shrines will be usable from any point on the map, but will cost much more. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? Fast traveling is in every single Elder Scrolls game. It should be in this. No, mm-hmm. I completely agree. But um, the, the fact that they're you know capitalizing on a little bit, I uh, just uh, would like to think that they're encouraging exploration. Just, uh, that might just be me. But. Uh, <laughs> <we're-> <laughs> Okay, Mr. Anti-Fast Travel. Uh, Point next. Equipping items and putting skills in your hotbar enables them to increase in level. The experience you earn splits among all the active elements. Okay, something else we've been over before. Uh, Comments, gentlemen. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what what, what I like about this is, you know, um, you're able to say... you're. This is the skill I'm working on right now. And you're able to do you have a lot of control over over that experience. That and that's that's something that I, I always thought was uh, a little lacking in Skyrim. You know, you, you work on a lot of things all at once in Skyrim and it can be very confusing at times. Because you're you know, uh, you're trying to do let's say a mage and for some reason you pick up a book and your block skill goes up weird but hey you know who cares because my overall level just went up a little bit so that's that's cool but with this if you take a skill and you put it on your hop bar and that enables it to increase in level as you use it or you're the, really yeah. yeah yeah you're really giving the player the choice to say this is what I work on what I want to work on today I'm going to do that right now and and here we go and and that's that's what's my goal is yeah, just putting a skill in the hotbar, even if you don't use it, but you use the other skills, it will still level it. So say you want to level your healing, but you're out alone adventuring, so you can put your healing spell on that hotbar and use your other four skills during your combat. It will level up that healing. All right, uh, next point, Yvarwin. Uh When a player decides to enter the PvP territory of Cyrodiil, they will automatically be assigned to a smaller campaign somewhere within the larger province. Yeah, I got nothing. Anyone else? I'm confu- <laughs> I'm confused. So does that mean? Your so does that mean like if if like me and like I don't know like me and Lou both enter Cyrodiil, are we going to be split? Like, are they going to put us on different campaigns? No, well, no. I'm this- sure there's going to be a smart selection process. Right. So- Okay. What this what this is all this is saying is there's a war in Cyrodiil between the three different alliances. Apart from that, when you go in there, um, yes, your main goal is to take over Cyrodiil, okay, to win as as a faction. But locally, where you are on the map, there are local goals that need to be done, and and that can help with the overall goal of conquering Cyrodiil for your faction. Okay, so can you, like, what if you, uh, well, I guess we just don't know much at this point. I was just going to say, like, ask if you can switch campaigns, but. Uh, yeah, no clue. We probably just don't know enough at this point. Mm-mm. It would be all speculation at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, since you're highlighting, you want to go ahead, man. You got this What's next that? Yeah, one. sure. Uh, so the next point is interfaction communication will be impossible until after level 50 when players 
will be able to group up and even run dungeons with their friends who belong to a rival faction. Word. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to read that again, okay? Interfaction communication will be impossible until after level 50, when players... When players will be able to group up and even run dungeons with their friends who belong to rival factions. So, ding, you hit 50. Awesome. I'm going to my enemy territory. Sweet. I can now run a dungeon with someone who is a factional enemy of mine. Yes. And um, I'm also wondering, because they also mentioned early, I think another a month or two ago, with the possibility of being able to have other factions join your guild. Oh, man. I'm thinking whoa, this is where it could apply. Whoa. Wow. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's not my Batman glass. So, say that we are a married, uh, a married Dominion, and, for instance, we do have other characters that are that level hit level 50 in different factions. We can actually maybe make them or have them join our guild. Bring them up together. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. That's and really cool. Even though we even with fans we have who don't want to do a married domain, they still want to be in our guild, this could be their solution as well. Yeah. So again, it doesn't really matter. This basically proves the point that it doesn't matter what faction you roll. Okay? If you really want to roll that faction and it's against, you know, everything else that your friends are doing, you're 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 basically going from one to fifty on your own. You know, as a loner, and then once you hit fifty, boom, man, you're in. You know, you can you can mix it up with with the other guys, and run dungeons with them. Yeah, and if you're one of those those groups of people who want to make a certain race specific guild, might want to rethink it. Yeah, and this is far better than the mantra that we were getting before this week, which was you are faction locked, you are not leaving your territory. If you do, it's in Cyrodiil, and that's just the end of the story. Nope. So we're finding out this week, number one, that's not correct, because once you hit 50, you can go into the other faction territories, and then when you're done there, you can go into another faction territory, and it'll ramp up in in, in, uh, difficulty. Mm -hmm. And once you hit 50, by the way, you can now start running dungeons with some of of your factional enemies that your friends are playing on. I have a question for you guys, Um, Dave, Lou, and, and you, Varwin in particular. Have you guys ever realized in other or noticed in other MMOs when you hit cap, it kind of felt lackluster after all that work? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like this in this game. It's going to be like ding hell, hello, welcome to the world. Lou, what I mean, what do you what do you think about this? This is pretty big, man. It is. Uh, I'm glad they're doing this. Uh, it, it's allowing, like everyone has said, you know, everyone's got the freedom to roll what they want with no pressure. Saying, you know what, we have friends who just want to play a Nord. Or who want to play, you know, a dark elf? That's okay, because in the end, we all get to get to play together anyway. Hey, we'll get to talk to them eventually. I mean, of course, we always have access to vent, team speak, or mumble. But with all common goal is, you know, eventually when we hit uh, the max cap, we'll be able to do stuff together and play together and enjoy that experience. Um, and the concept of running dungeons together. You know, with different factions, you know that that makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, because you, know, you know, just seeing, you know, right, right, you know, let me see what this Nord, you know, Templar can do, as opposed to what this Almeria Templar can do. You know, what have they got? 
Yeah. And just to know that that's waiting at us past level 50 is really incentive to get that character up to 50. Right, but it, but in doing so, I hope, uh, as I believe Schemer mentioned in the chat room, that no one makes that that bum rush to 50 and they forget the journey on the way. You know, because lots of games I've played in the past, you know, it's always been focused on uh, get the end, get the end game, get the end game, because a lot of companies, for some strange reason, put their best stuff at the end as opposed to, you know what, give the best stuff to every well for me every decade. You know, give me great content from one to ten. Give me great content from eleven to twenty. Not just all the great content of fifty, where it's sixty, seven, eighty. No. You know, give every player. Hey, you know what? You hit level twenty-five. You have four out bleeping standing raids for your level. Okay, that are just on the same same level of awesomeness as a level ninety raid here. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for. All right, guys. We have been going an hour and a half on all these points here, so we're gonna get through these points a little bit faster. There's some still some sexy ones, so we're gonna still try to push it through. Lou, phenomenal points as always. Um, uh, let me see. Next on our list is NPC guilds will offer ways to broaden your character's power and add another layer of collection gameplay. Again, more, more variety. You know, not yep. only my. Uh, Templar wearing anything I want, wielding anything I want, uh, Argonian, you know, vampire, but I also belong to, you know, the Fighters Guild, and I'm in, I'm getting all these, you know, factional skill trees as well, and it's crazy. And then one point I forgot to talk about, this includes additional abilities and perks. So, <laughs> heck yeah. Yeah, um, that, I, I love that, because I've only seen one of the game have a similar system like this and that was with EverQuest 2 where you had NPC guilds in the rival cities in Kinos and Freeport okay you had I'll use alright I'm sorry Antonica <laughs> okay city of Kinos you had a druids guild you had a rangers guild okay you had a bard guild they all gave you quest lines to help build your guild say so, you know what if you do these quests for me you get X amount of skill points, or, you know, guild points for your guild, and you get to a certain point, you unlock these powers, these abilities, these armor, these armor types, these weapons, these spells from our guild that you can use now. And then guess what? That gives you an incentive. You know what? I'm going to do all those quest lines. <laughs> yeah. These guilds, just for that, to make me and my other guildies stronger. Spells and abilities can build off of one another, a feature called Synergy, which we brought up plenty of times on the show. For mm -hmm. example, a player can upgrade another's Holy Nova into a Holy Supernova. There you go. It's good to see they're going full steam ahead with the idea. It's, it's a great idea. Yeah, it is. The, health, the stealth skill is available to everyone and will require the use of stamina to be, to be effective. So if you want to be more stealthy, stack stamina. Right. ESO's mega server technology should be available should help alleviate the underdog effect that typically plagues PvP servers. Um, I'm sorry, can I just ask you guys real quick, what is the underdog effect? I'm just not familiar with it. Who wants to take this one? <laughs> I think <laughs> my hands right. are off. Yeah. Lou, if you want to go ahead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Shake. Uh, most recent terms, uh, World of Warcraft has two factions, the Alliance versus the Horde. Mm -hmm. And if you're on a PvP server where one faction heavily outweighs the other, PvPing on that server just totally, for lack of a better phrase, it sucks. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're outnumbered because three to one, I don't care how good you are. Yeah, you, you try to PvP, you've only got a group of five. You know, they've got a group of 20. Yep. I mean, yeah, it, it, it can come down to a numbers game, but, you know, yeah, that's the underdog. Meaning, you know, the Alliance or the Horde, you know, they could be outnumbered by 70% of the server is Horde and 30% is Alliance. Gotcha, okay. Basically what happens is when an MMO comes out, all right, everyone jumps on the perceived cool faction. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in it happen, it happens in, in every MMO um, when you have a two-faction MMO. Inserting the third faction breaks that up quite a bit, um, so that's that's always that's always good. Um, this mega server technology should should do it further as well. Uh, the ro- the problem with it is when you have those those two factions and more people like one faction versus the other. When PvP happens, you've already lost the battle before you even zoned in. Mm-hmm. You know, and as a strict alliance player in World of Warcraft, I didn't PvP because. I understood that when I got in anywhere in that game, in PvP, I was going to lose before I even zoned in because I was Alliance and that wasn't the cool faction. That was, you know, the whatever it was perceived to be. Horde was cool. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. I think that uh, explained it. What do you think, Shank? No, yeah, yeah. Sorry to derail a little bit, but that <laughs> no, was, definitely, fine. That was no, definitely no. useful. Very but valid I, hey. question. Sorry, Lou. Oh, no. I just wanted to interject if I could. Go for it. the next point. Um, just to help explain further for Shank, the underdog effect. Um, remember, there are three factions now, not two. So as Rowan said, yeah, that helps alleviate that by a lot because coming from another MMO where there were three factions, yeah, you can have one faction that's totally outstanding, but guess what happens? Two factions get together and say, you know what? What do you say we call a truce and just smash the other faction? And it's going to happen. You know, it will happen. You know, if one gets too powerful, the other two would just band up and say, "Uncom, you know, un- unpublicized agreement. Don't attack the other faction." You know why? Because we're get or all ganging up on this one. Right. So it's basically like the checks and balances kind of thing. I- exactly. I mean, I'm going to give you an example: Dark Age of Camelot, the Hibernians, the Albions, okay, and the Midgardians. If the if the Hibernians are too powerful, guess what? The Al- Albions and the Midgards are going to do. Get together on their own, form up. And just kill everyone who's Ibernian. Hmm. No matter where they are. Alright, guys. Um, players who choose crafting can improve items found throughout the game world. This includes items dropped in dungeons and rewarded in AVA combat. Yeah, th- this is th- this I like as well. Because um, how many times do you, do you get that weapon in an MMO and you, you are you know, a weaponsmith... Or a blacksmith, and and you think to yourself, like you know, I should be able to improve this, not just you know, make a crappier version of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was purple, but I can only make a white version of it. Oh, what's up with this? Totally. Yeah. In fact, I'm I'm still reminded of uh, my first playthrough of Skyrim, breaking an item down and trying to enchant another item with the same enchant. One percent magic gain. What's this? You know, yeah. I'm I'm glad they're actually making it so if you put effort towards something, you get a reward from it. Vanity and cosmetic items. You can use disguises. Disguises get equipped to your cus- costume slot. <laughs> if you want to look different, you can just change your disguise. Crafting is a way to get the best items in the game. 
I, I saw I read this and immediately thought of Dova Floss. that's in my costume slot joe i'm pretty sure uh you got you're already you're way ahead of me dude you already found the good the best harlot looking (laughs) outfit (laughs) so not not only can you can you uh turn your character into pretty much anything you want it to turn into with all of these these various skill choices but at the same time you now have a costume slot and you can make uh, cosmetic and vanity items and uh, look completely different than everyone else as well. Yes, I remember Dave posting a a forum reply somewhere a while ago <laughs> regarding this very issue. About costume slots? Yeah, vanity items and so forth and how, um, how it would make its impact in the game, especially in the realm of PvP. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know... PvP, you're going to have the people throwing fits about costumes. It's going to happen. Because if you have someone who looks like they belong to your faction, you're not going to immediately think, hey, I want to attack them. That's still awesome, though. Well, I agree. And I think it's a great idea to have in the game. It's just going to cause you know, the PvPers who are too lazy to look and see if the enemy's hostile, they're going to be throwing a fit about it. So just be aware that that's coming. Alright guys, the final point of this little long list here is mounts will be in the game, but no further information has been released. Sad news though, player housing is not currently planned. I was surprised about the player housing. It's uh, You see it in Elder Scrolls games, it was definitely there in Skyrim. Um, you know, I mean, I know Matt Fire said in the very beginning with the video that you know, it's it's uh, they're doing something different. It's not it's not Skyrim. If you want to play Skyrim, play that game. But uh, you know, this is going to be a bit different. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Joe. No, no. To me, it, housing is is kind of one of those those offshoots to me in my mind. It's not what I'm there for. I'm there to go out there, explore, adventure, be that hero, have that fun with my friends. Player housing is just an afterthought. And you know, I think it'd be awesome if they include it in the future. But it's not something I'm. No, I gotta buy this game that has player housing when it launches. <laughs> you know what? If my MMO isn't Harvest Moon, I'm gonna be sad. Dave. <laughs> I'm kidding. Harvest Moon sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, Joe, if I may, I'm, I'm actually uh, sort of the opposite of that because uh, I, I have spent literal, well, not literal hours, but up to an hour just like literally placing books on my bookshelf and just like, you know, putting salt on my, I mean, I'm I'm a little I'm kind of crazy a little bit, but uh, that. Anal retentive. So th- I mean, this this is definitely one of the things that I, I am. Yeah, it's it's a little disappointing for me, but I mean, as soon as they said you have full first person, I can I, I can absolutely overlook this player housing thing. Well, uh, let me put this perspective for you, Shank. Um, player housing is is a great idea. I mean, I loved it. I love the way other members have done it. Lord of the Rings Online, Instant Zone. Darkest Camelot, Instant Zone. Okay, EverQuest, too. Same thing, Instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want them to ever do the nightmare that was Star Wars Galaxies, where it literally became Urban Blight. Okay, I don't want to see an entire city, player city, outside of a major city on Corellia. Okay? <laughs> where it's like you just took away the entire landscape because you have some player city there that just overtook it and ruined it. And lots of cases, what happened is that as players went away, the town stays. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so imagine trying. Imagine there's like player villages outside of White Run, and half of them are empty because the players aren't aren't there. They moved somewhere else, but the houses still stay there. So now you can't you can't pick blue flowers. You can't see the stream because player housing just destroyed the landscape. So if they were making move play housing, I would hope they do it smart. Take don't take away from the environment. Put it somewhere central. Right. All right. Um, that was a lot of information. <laughs> But uh, we wanted to break that whole thing down um, as, as best as we could. And again, to, to Elder Realm, um, who, who may listen to our show, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, thank you very much for this, that wonderful list. Um, you know, it was, it was very, very good, very comprehensive, and uh, it definitely served us uh, very well. And we, we appreciate you uh, putting that together for the fans of ESO. Right. The first hour and 45 minutes of our show is dedicated to you guys. Thank you. <laughs> uh, however, that is that uh, all that information is wonderful, but uh, we've got a big freaking giant elephant in the room. We have not addressed that, and that is PAX East. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, where, where, where do we begin? Um, yes, we're going. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, Zenimax, right? Bethesda, they will be there. Uh, and we are going to go uh, like a bunch of uh, groupies and giddy schoolgirls at the <laughs> booth, drooling, Pretty much. going freaking insane. Nice. Um, so, so while we're there, here's, I guess, what we'll do first is uh, we'll we'll tell you what they're doing, what what uh, Zenimax and, and Bethesda is doing over there, and then I'm going to you know go into something that's not on the notes, Joe, and just sort of give everyone like the. The, the way that we're sort of conceiving on how we're going to cover it. It's fair enough, buddy. Go ahead. Cool. All right. So, PAX East activities for the ESO fam. Uh, PAX East starts tomorrow, Friday, all right? And we can expect some seriously exciting information coming out about ESO from ZeniMax and Bethesda over the weekend. Uh, if you're one of the lucky few who are going, here are some of the activities that await you at the Boston Convention Center. And here's what ZeniMax Online says will be available for you at the event. In the Bethesda booth, The Elder Scrolls Online will be playable. At the Bethesda booth, number 912, you'll get to play the game, chat with members of our development team, and pick up some exclusive items, including individual lithographs of each faction leader and faction-specific t-shirts, and they're also, guys, giving away a free Orobos t-shirt. That's the uh, circular logo with the dragon heads on it. Uh, additionally, the Tamriel Beer Garden. Lou and I will be uh, raising a glass with the devs here. From 6 p.m. till 11 on Saturday, the 23rd, we're hosting a community event that you won't want to miss. Join us for the themed food and drinks, music, merchants, and more. The game will be playable at the event, and you'll have the chance to meet up with other ESO fans in a festive Elder Scrolls setting. Attendees will also have an opportunity to score some unique ESO items, including a limited ESO beer stein. Yes. Cynthia. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be all over that beer stein like, like white on rice. Sure, or maybe more jealous. <laughs> or yellow if you're me and you're Spanish. Uh, <laughs> symbiote figures <laughs> and Astro A40 headsets. Pick up an invitation at our booth, number 912, 
for directions, tra- transportation details, and more specifics. We'll hope you'll stop by. Yeah, you guys suck. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Lou, Yvarlin, I want plenty of pictures. Yeah, pictures will be taken. Jealousy yeah. will be had around between me and Dave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a public service announcement for those planning to go to the Tamriel Beer Garden, if you're you under 21, you must be accompanied by somebody, and you must have proof positive that you are able to drink if you want to have the honey brew mead, black bar mead. Oh, you get the point. So jealous! <laughs> Skuma? Finding a picture. Yeah, I don't think they're allowing skooma at this party, dude. That's the after after party. Uh, oh, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge. Um, I saw the pictures of their of their booth on Twitter, and it looks sexy. Yeah, and the fact that I got to see the the familiar login screen that we saw Yvarwin on the computers being displayed. <laughs> I know. I want to go now. I know. I I I know. I just I, I'm I'm holding myself in my excitement right now because it's going to be one girly squeal after the other. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. Go, going on, uh, Zenimax also wants to let you know about the MMORPG.com panel. Uh, ESO game director, Matt Fire will be a panelist on the future of online games panel hosted by MMORPG.com. This event features several prominent developers and takes a look at the future of online gaming. It'll be held at the Naga Theater at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday the 22nd. So, put it on your schedule and bring your questions. And, of course, the food truck. Elder Scrolls Online Food Truck is making a stop at PAX East on Friday the 22nd. Meet up with the truck from 11.30 Eastern a.m., until 3 p.m. Eastern at 391 Congress Street for complimentary ESO treats and giveaways. Everything is first come, first serve, so don't wait until the last minute. Oh, so it's going to be... The food truck's going to be at PAX East when I'm not there. Yeah, same. Yeah. You know what, Shank? Yeah, same. This is on you. <laughs> we blame you. You know what? I had a grilled cheese, and it was delicious, and I just wanted you to know that you didn't have one, so... Well, there's that. Shane, we're going to E3 and you're not. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to have grilled cheese at E3. Screw that. You know what, guys? Uh, next year, we got to plan more in advance and get a 3D pass for all of us. Yeah. This, this whole thing was, was thrown together rather uh, quickly and, and suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. Next, next year is PAX East where we're all just, we're getting 3D passes and we're just going to go. <laughs> yeah. Definitely that. And Dave, you will get your grilled cheese at the food truck, dude. I have faith. Damn straight, I'm getting my damn grilled cheese. At the <laughs> <truck>. <laughs> I'm going to eat the hell out of it. All right, so you guys want to hear like how we're how we're covering this whole thing? Nope. Let's do it, dude. <laughs> Shane, All right, it's so, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> here's 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 what what I kind of have in my head now. All of this is is completely can change it at a given notice because we don't know what they're going to say. We don't know when they're going to say it. All we know is that we're going to have all of our equipment there and whenever something is said, uh, we're going to try and record it in some way. So so basically, here's here's kind of how, how we want to bring information to you, um, our listeners. Lou and I are going to be there on, on Saturday 
And that's for no other reason other than, like I said before, this was just poorly planned and thrown together as quickly as possible. And we could just get Lou and I there on Saturday. That was pretty much it. Um, but that's okay for us because Saturday seems to be sort of like our low day in, in planned events. So we're going to be there all day Saturday, just keeping our ear to the ground and seeing what Zenimax and Bethesda says. Yeah, um, um, Lou and Ivarwin are our scouting party. Yeah, we're scouting you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, look around. Uh, we, we're going to have a, uh, a means to record on the floor, mobily. So um, that if anything pops up, you know, hey, guys, this awesome thing is happening. I'm going to be like, okay, record now. So... <laughs> So we're going to be we're going to be recording on the floor hopefully grabbing up some interviews whatever we get okay we're going to forward over to uh the news director Bradford um and he's going to try and and throw out a quick post and say like hey guys by the way here's the information here's here's a quick blurb okay um and then we're going to we're going to send it out on Twitter so watch our Twitter if you see something from us come up on Twitter on Saturday that means that um, information is about to post. We're hoping within 10 to 20 minutes, we're going to have a nice post for you on our website. And then it, that'll have the full, the full breadth of information. Um, and I, I already, I've already worked this out with Bradford. He knows about it. He's cool with it. And he was, he's, he's definitely like able to make this happen. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Varwin, if I can interject real quick. Um, we're going to be working really hard guys to give you, you know, near real-time information as uh the guys at pax are gonna you know be getting it so we're gonna be doing absolutely everything in our power to get you what they're seeing yeah if we can give you audio we're gonna send audio um if we can't we can't we don't know we're not too sure how this is going to work out as far as you know what what type of content we're going to be able to support um but you know as much as we can get we're going to get so we're going to we're going to tell you on twitter first it's going to be, you know, uh, this this big thing was just announced, and then we're going to get you that that news, that piece of news on the on the website. That'll be tweeted as well, and so you can read about it. At the end of the day, um, the news guys are going to, you know, work very hard, and they're going to do a roundup. So if you miss something during the day, we're going to have a roundup for you at night, Sat- uh, Sunday. Okay. Um, Sunday is going to be a really big day. All of us are going to be there. Dave's going to Dave's going to fly in Saturday night. He'll be available available for us Sunday. Joe's flying in Sunday morning. He'll be available for us. The Elder Scrolls Off the Record team is going to be walking the floor Sunday, um, getting in our game time, trying to record as much of that as we possibly can, as far as you know features that we noticed and write this stuff down. And and you know, uh, we're not able to record the the screens. Yeah. Um, what else are we? We're not actually able to put really anything inside inside their their booth as far as recording equipment. No. Um, do you mind if I say something really quick about what my, what my plan is at the end of this? Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I plan on gathering all the audio that we take, every bit of it, and putting out a special episode, like a diary style episode. Probably going to hit either Monday night or or Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So you and I, Byron, will get together transfer all the information all the uh, audio and i can put that together with your help and all that and we can make a special episode for you guys i told yeah i told bradford about that too so um starting i think i think lou and i are gonna try and kick it off for you um saturday night when we 
or Saturday, sometime Saturday when we get there and, and try and do a little recording like we're here, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, kind of like we did with the event. Right. So for, for the fans out there, if you liked what we did for the October event, we're going to try and release a diary episode that tracks our experience um, at PAX from beginning to start. And you're going to hear more and more people join the show as, as the weekend goes on. So we'll have that for you as well, and hopefully we'll have that out by Monday. Yeah, I'll do my best. I fly in. I get home Monday afternoon. I plan on spending that night pulling all this together. Yeah. So hopefully I'll have it all out for you guys Monday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there Saturday night at around midnight, which I'm pretty sure that that's going to end up be being uh, me, Lou, and Avarwin. How do you put it? In our underwear, running around tickling each other. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly how I put it. Yeah, yeah, in memory. Yeah, that's how I expect it to, to be. <laughs> I, I, honestly, that's what I'm expecting. Is us pajamas? Going, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Pajamas <laughs> off the record, boys. I'm expecting a pajamas off the record, full force. <laughs> Um, Sunday as well, uh, all of us are going to get together uh, with with the devs, and we're going to be interviewing as many of the developers as possible. We're looking to get uh, Matt Fire, uh, Paul Sage, uh, hopefully Joe Berba, and, and um, some of the other members of the community team as well, if we can. Yeah, uh, Nick Conkle. You know, we're we're hoping to get them all, and um, and just sort of. Yeah, you know, we've got a full a full list of questions that we want to ask, so we're trying to get as much. Uh, out of this experience as we possibly can and then relay it over to you. Um, no no idea yet if that's going to be separate from the Diary podcast or if it's going to be melded in at the same time. we got to see how long the Diary show goes. we got to see how long the, the, uh, you know, the uh, interviews go, who we have in the interview. So we'll see. Um, but that's, that's basically it. I mean, Joe, did I leave anything out? No, it sounds good, man. I can't wait to do this. Yeah, I mean, we're looking to get, and the whole point of this is we're we're looking to get as much um, on the spot news as possibly forward out to to you, our fans, on Twitter and on the site as quickly as possibly and as efficiently as possibly and as factual as possible as well. All right, guys, uh, the contest: win an ESO themed headset from Astro Gaming. Wednesday, March twentieth, Bethesda announces an ESO themed headset and mic contest. From Astro Gaming. Head over to BethBlog.com for all of the contest details, rules, and directions on how to enter to win. This is what Bethesda had to say about their announcement. Yvarwin? And they said, uh, and I quote, We know that not everybody gets a chance to go to PAX East, but that doesn't mean you can't score some great gear from the event. Our friends at Astro Gaming have kindly donated to us two Astro A40 headsets complete with customizable speaker tags for the Elder Scrolls Online. If you're at PAX East, you'll have additional opportunities to score these headsets at our special community event for the Elder Scrolls Online. These things are sexy, guys. They are nice. I highly recommend entering. Any other things? Alright. Skyrim 1 point... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I I was was saying no. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Skyrim 1.9 update available on Steam. Yeah, finally 1.8. Excuse me, 1.9 is has has launched Uh, Monday, March 18th. Update 1.9 goes live on Steam, allowing PC users to tap into the power of legendary perks. The patch also released a giant host of bug fixes as well. The full list can be found on BethBlog.com, 
Here's what Bethesda had to say about their latest release. <clears throat> Beginning today, Steam users can download the Skyrim 1.9 title update, featuring legendary new features and new bug fixes. For console players out there, we're hoping to release 1.9 later this month. We'll keep you updated when we have specific dates. <laughs> nice. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> no, it worked. I like, I like the, the throat clearing at the beginning. <clears throat> uh, new features. Okay. Legendary difficulty setting. Legendary skills. Skills of 100 can be made legendary. This will reset the skill to 15, return its perks, and allow the skill to affect leveling again. This effectively removes the overall level cap. All right, guys. We don't have a crafting table free this week. However... We do have the Elder Scroll. We couldn't do a show without it. Lou, it's all you. Well, thank you very much, kind sir. And today's Elder Scroll, I'm going to lightly touch upon the constellations. Or as I like to say it, so what's your sign, Doba baby? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. And yes, we've all seen them out in the night sky. And just for clarification, the stars of Tamriel are divided into 13 constellations. Three of them are the major constellations, and they're known as the Guardians. And these are the Warrior, the Mage, and the Thief. Now, each of the Guardians protects its three charges from the 13th constellation, the Serpent. And just as in real-life astronomy today, when the sun rises near one of the constellations, it is said to be that constellation's season. And each constellation has a season of approximately one month. The only exception is the serpent. It has no season, because it moves about in the heavens, usually threatening one of the other constellations. And so the first one we're going to cover, the warrior. It's the first guarding constellation, and he protects his charges during their seasons. Now, the warrior's own season is known as the last seed, when his strength is needed for the harvest. His charges are the lady, the steed, and the lord. And those born under the sign of the warrior are skilled with weapons of all kinds, but prone to short tempers. The next one, the mage. The mage is another guardian constellation, whose season is rain's hand, when magicka was first used by men. His charges are the Apprentice, the Golem, and the Ritual. And those born under the sign of the Mage have more magicka and talents for all kinds of spellcasting, but are often arrogant and absent-minded. W- was I talking about again? Oh yeah, right, right, constellations. The Thief. The Thief is the last Guardian constellation. And her season is the darkest month of Evening Star. Her charges are the Lover, the Shadow, and the Tower. And those born under the sign of the thief are not typically thieves, though they take risks more often and and only rarely come to harm. They will run out of luck eventually, however, and rarely live as long as those born under other signs. The serpent. The serpent wanders about in the sky and has no season, though its motions are predictable to a degree. No characteristics are common to all those born under the sign of the serpent. However, those born under this sign are the most blessed and the most cursed. Wow. Can't win, can't lose. The next constellation, the Lady. 
Remember, this is one of the warrior's charges. In her season, you know, that's hearth fire. Those born under this side of the lady, they are known to be kind and tolerant. The next constellation is the steed. And again, the steed is one of the warrior's charges. And her season is mid-year. Generally, those born under this sign are impatient and always hurrying from one place to another. The Lord, the Lord's season, is known as first seed, and he oversees all of Tamriel during the planting. Those born under this sign are generally stronger and healthier than those born under other signs. The next constellation is the apprentice. The apprentice season is sun's height, and those born under this sign have a special affinity for magic of all kinds, but are more vulnerable to magic as well. The Atronach, which is often called Gollum, is one of the mage's charges. Its season is sun's dusk. Those born under this sign are natural sorcerers with deep reserves of magicka, but they cannot generate magicka of their own. That sucks. <laughs> the next constellation, the ritual, is one of the mage's charges, and its season is Morning Star. Those born under this sign have a variety of abilities depending on the aspects of the moons and the divines. The next constellation is the Lover. Remember, the Lover is one of the thief's charges, and her particular season is known as Sun's Dawn. Those born under this sign are graceful and passionate. The next constellation is the Shadow, and the Shadow season is known as Second Seed. And for those born under the sign of the shadow, the shadow grants those born under her sign the ability to hide in shadows. Look at you, Shank. <laughs> and the, the last constellation is the tower. And remember, the tower is one of the feast charges, and its season is known as Frostfall. And those lucky enough to be born under this sign have a knack for finding gold and can open locks of all kinds. And I just wanted to say thank you to the Elder Scrolls Wiki. They have a great write-up of constellations, very easy to understand, and even better, they have actual pictographs to accompany each sign, which I think you'll find very nice. You know, it's very appealing. So again, thank you to Elder Scrolls Wiki. Hope you all enjoyed it. Very nice, Ivarun. Just <laughs> looking at Ivarun's little wow, though his little emo cons going on in the chat in here. Um, thanks, Lou. <laughs> that was fantastic. As always, sorry about the little flub up right there. All right, we got some emails we're going to get through really quick. Uh, the first yeah. one comes in to us from Greatness, or G-R-8-N-E-5-5. Go lead speak, yo. Yeah. He says, hey, guys, I've been a longtime fan and have enjoyed each and every episode of ESOTR. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have a quick couple, a, a couple quick tips that I have yet to hear mentioned on the show yet and wanted to know what you guys thought. First, I found out that there was a way to change size during the Civil War quest line after you acquire the Jagged Crown. Don't take it back to your faction leader. Instead, go talk to the leader on the, of the other faction. While talking, you will have an option to denounce your loyalty to your former faction and claim you are loyal to the, that faction by giving them the Jagged Crown. After that, you have officially changed sides in the war. The second tip is nice. for all of you two-handed weapon users out there. There's an Orcish Warhammer at the end of Lyra's Retreat called the Longhammer. This weapon is found next to the body of Rahad, Rod, R-A-H-D, 
The long hammer swings 30% faster than any regular warhammer and can also be combined with a shout elemental fury, allowing you to swing this weapon even faster. This can help you level up your two-handed skills pretty fast, as well as deal out some major DPS in the process. Damage per second. If you ha- <laughs> if your enchanting is high enough, you can even add two more enchants on it. However, it will disallow you to use the Elemental Fury shout if you do. Finally, I can't wait till patch 1.9 comes out for console, since I mainly play on Xbox. Although, I did play around with the beta for PC and loved it. My main character is on the 360 and want to try him out. try it out on him. Can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts. And P.S. Can't wait for ESO, Legend of Zelda Skyrim mods. Liz is the exploitress, and Yvarwin is a cheater. Just kidding. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Greatness. <laughs> Comments, gentlemen. Uh, not yeah. cheat. Great tips. Yeah, man. I did not know about the Civil War switch. That's I'm totally going Benedict uh, Nord on these guys now. <laughs> Benedict Nord. Nord. <laughs> Yeah, I've never even heard that that you could do that. That's awesome, actually. Yeah, it's cool. I'd like to know how you figure that out. That's a good question. (laughs) Yeah. And for the two-handed, that's uh, actually a great suggestion for leveling it up without exploiting anything. Hmm. So, greatness. Fantastic email. Thanks a lot for the tips. Our thoughts are thumbs up. (laughs) Thumbs up. Uh, We have a voice email that came in to us from um, McCarty, C. I'm going to play that right now. Hey, guys. I just want to start out by saying keep up the great work. I really do enjoy the podcast. My question here was originally going to be sent in an email until Shank kind of scared me away from that avenue. It's about the ranged combat in Elder Scrolls Online. With a dodge ability, do you think that the ranger class will be underpowered? Because the arrow is an actual projectile that can be dodged. So do you think on one-on-one combat, a ranger will be at a disadvantage unless it's from great distance or by surprise attack? That's a fantastic question. Do you guys mind if I tackle this? Go for it, Joe, yeah. I personally do not think so, because a ranger will specialize in the bow, and I'm pretty sure you're going to get the ability to to fire your bow faster. Um, if you're laying out a barrage of arrows, I don't care how fast you dodge, you're going to get nailed. And I think they may even have an advantage in that end if you build it for speed. That's just my if opinion. If anything, you're just going to overpower the person and use up their stamina if they keep trying to dodge. Right. Uh, couldn't you all... Uh, I mean, I'm just thinking here, but I, I would assume that there would be a perk where you could fire your bow even faster, too. So that would kind of mess with the dodging as well, I would assume. So that's what. That's what he was just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, restating stuff. I'm for a reason. Go ahead, is actually in the chat room with us tonight. Yeah. Yes, he is. And for a $13 mic, buddy, you sounded good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I and I, there might even be skills. I'm pretty sure, I'm about 100% sure, there's going to be bow-based skills for Ranger class or the, uh, I just forgot the name of it because it's a sexy name, too. Um the other class, you know, the one, the Nightblade, <laughs> and probably other classes as well, may have arrow or bow-based abilities that will make it even better, including the bow tree. So, <laughs> I mean, I think if you're trying to just use the bow without skilling it up or anything like that, you're going to be at a disadvantage. But if you focus on that and you really skill it in all the right ways, stamina, your bow perk tree, your skills, I think you're going to be an unstoppable force. And not to mention the fact that you you know you do have several different loadouts mm-hmm. that you can use as well. So if someone's coming up to you within melee range, just you know be aware that 
uh, you may want to switch to melee range and uh, kill them that way. <laughs> right. I mean, this yeah, gives me hope much. that I want to play a ranger again, like an EverQuest 1 and 2. All right. Okay. Awesome, awesome. We love those MP3 emails. Keep them coming, guys. Also, last email, Dave. I haven't heard your voice enough tonight. That's because I haven't spoke that much tonight. Oh, burn! <laughs> right. Oh, okay. too soon? Right. <laughs> this is from Black Rose. <laughs> says, Joe, Varwin, Lou, Dave, and Shank, even though Shank doesn't matter as much as the other four. Awesome show, as always. I'm looking forward to tonight's show and the shows after. PAX East, even more so. One question. If it's possible, can you try and find out from the Zoss guys what system spec they're going to be using on the rigs that you'll be demoing ESO on? I know that they've said that they want it to run on any computer purchased in the last five years, but I'm curious as to what they think the best setup is for this amazing game. I know I'll have to replace my system shortly before the game releases as it's six to seven years old, and I couldn't get Skyrim to run on it and could not afford an upgrade at the time, so had to settle for an Xbox 360 version, which is still one awesome game, even missing out on some of the mods. I'd love to know what the devs will be running this game on so that I can get as close as possible when shopping for a new gaming rig. Keep up the great work and be sure to share all the detail this weekend so that we can so that the TES community can't for so that is yeah that sentence isn't right anyway keep up the great work and be sure to share all the details this weekend for the TES community that can't make it to PAX East so that they can live vicariously through you and this show. That's from Black Rose. You know what, Black Rose? I just added that now to our list of questions that we're going to to approach ZeniMax with. Me and Dave are techies, so we'll be able to pretty much figure it out pretty quick. Well, another thing is they... We all said that we won't be able to bring recording equipment in, but I'm definitely sure that they're not taking my tongue away. And I'm really good at licking a computer screen and finding out exactly what's inside of it. Mm. So, yes, I can tell by taste. <laughs> I can yeah, tell that, by smell. Actually, that's, that's actually true. Dave licked my face yesterday and found out I had pizza, so... <laughs> I can tell by observing the red shift. Doppler right. shift. <laughs> Hi guys, we have had an an extra long short show. Um, Evaiwan came to me a couple nights ago. We had a meeting. He's like, "So can we do a uh, a short episode because of the pack seats and everything? We have so much going on." And I was like, "Yeah, let's do a short show." And I got blown out the window about two hours ago. So um, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna I still have the pack. Finish out this show. So Lou, would you do our five star review shoutouts, please? Alrighty, our five star review shoutouts from America. Jamie Lee and Yummy and from our friends up north in Canada Bean Bandits and our final thoughts guys I am ready to explode from excitement for this weekend so I'm gonna go and just like try to keep myself busy until Sunday Uh, I'm gonna go finish packing and uh, then I'm grabbing my lore master and we're shipping off to Boston Indeed. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Grabbing your lore master. Poor Luke. Yeah, I'm exhausted, yeah, that, dude. I don't that, know. That, that, uh, <laughs> doesn't sound right. But we'll go no, with that. It doesn't. <laughs> hey. 
All right, Lou. Well, as Bronwyn said, I gotta, I have to finish packing as well. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a really fun-filled but busy weekend. I really hope everyone will have as much fun reading all the information we can send out legally. <laughs> um, and, you know, I hope they can find the enjoyment that uh, you know we'll be hoping to provide you know, with the information we can give. So stay tuned, folks. A lot of good stuff coming your way this weekend. We're... <laughs> I just uh, wanted to say thank you for listening, everybody. And, oh man, is that a bug on the ground? Um, <laughs> anyway, no, I, I do want to say thank you, everybody, for, for listening to us. We're going to be having a great time at PAX East. It's going to be nuts with the four of us in one spot at one time. The world's going to just implode. <laughs> uh, if you're curious about Dave's little joke right there and what we're laughing, just stay tuned for the outtakes. Thanks, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> and Shank. Um, I, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. Um, so there was an email I sent out—a hate email where I was listing all the bullet points why I wouldn't want to play this game. What we went over tonight just systematically, absolutely nuked every single one of my counter arguments, and I cannot wait for this game. Kaboom. I, I get the feeling that this is going to play more like the Elder Scrolls Six online than an MMO. Yeah, and that's you know what that that's I think you're absolutely right. Wow, you mean your version of Elder Scrolls Six, like you know, the Almeria Dominion rules all. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm going to catch so much flack for that. <laughs> yeah, bring it. I'm with you, Luke. All right, how to reach us, Eve Arwen. Yeah, you can reach us using our website, elderscrollsofftherecord.com. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah, you can get a whole lot of information there. So uh, go check it out. No, no. <laughs> uh, elderscrollsofftherecord.com. You can get our podcast there. You can get um, all of our all of our various news articles, up to uh, up to the minute news breaking on the Elder Scrolls community. On Zenimax Online, on Bethesda, on Elder Scrolls Off, um, Online as well. It's all right there, ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. QuestGamingNetwork.com, our portal site for the network. You can get to all of our wonderful, wonderful shows through QuestGamingNetwork.com. And as well, we feature general gaming articles as well on QuestGamingNetwork.com. ElderScrollsOffTheRecord at gmail.com is our website. If you want to toss us a line and say hi... Elder Scrolls off the record at gmail.com. Follow us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elder Scrolls OTR. YouTube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network is our network YouTube. It's where we post all of our various different videos from all different kinds of video games that the uh, the hosts play. Uh, where to listen to us? iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Zune. And you can grab our RSS feed off of our websites. Plug that into your favorite podcast reader. We recommend Podkicker and RSS Demon on the Google Play Store. And you can take us on the go. Uh, Don't forget our other shows, Minecraft Off the Record Live, Sundays at 7 p.m. Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is at Elder Scrolls OTR. Joe is at the widget, W-I-G-I-T. I'm a Varwin. 
You may reach me at Avarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Lou is at GamerGuy11B, G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-1-1-B. one one b. Dave is at Dienforce, D-I-E-N-F-O-R-C-E. And Shank is at Shanks Tank. Shank Tank. Shank Tank. S-H-A-N-K-T-H-T-A-N-K. Leave off the E for savings on pumice stones. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Millet Network, and I just want to say Fusra you all in a couple of days. Yeah. Stay tuned to uh, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, guys. All this weekend, we're going to bring you that uh, that up-to-the-minute breaking news. Take care, everyone. Be safe. May the Fus be with you. I just want to say thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. Stay tuned. We have a lot of stuff coming. Live vicariously through us. We will be your eyes, your hands, and your ears. We will not fail you. That's very rousing, actually. Ready, guys? Ready for this? Paxi off the record. Yeah, Paxi off the record. Woo! Paxi off the record. Ah, Paxi off the record. Yeah, Paxi's off the record. Oh! Oh, my goodness. Same bye, guys. All right. Bye, y'all. Until next time, Boobala, I need to go fix my mascara. Goodbye. It's Ivarwin! Hello. Hello, senor. Oh my god, it's Shank the Tank! What if I do this? Am I too loud now? Nope. What? Am I too loud now? Nope. What? Am I too loud now? (laughs) What? (laughs) This is not what you say. That's not how you say it. It's rude, man. Rude! Is the second person to message us in chat? Gets pumice stone delivered by Ivarwin in a bikini, and today's winner is... (laughs) I show up to the guy's door not holding anything. He's like, where's my pumice stone, bro? I'm like, guess where I'm hiding it. <laughs> and, you know, just kind of get distracted and just look at the ground and pretend there's a bug because, you know, you think, oh, my God, there's a bug. And just completely ignore. <laughs> Dare I? It's actually it's pretty funny. <laughs> all right, all right. You, uh, think, you think when they were casting... Her for uh, that Snow White movie. <coughs> the director was like, "You're hot, but do the other face." <laughs> you think that's how she got the part? Let's war. turn left this time. So sure. It doesn't matter. It's a couple seconds. Thank you. Uh, cast is Stephanie Meyer wrote a book, and um, I have to go. Oh. Take five. Uh, hi, I'm Twilight actress Kristen Stewart. There's nothing that I hate more than um, bad public speaking. If you are a bad public speaker and you want to learn how to speak more good, uh, you should buy my DVD box set. Oh Twilight God. actress Kristen Stewart teaches you how to speak more good. Radford here is probably turning over his bed right now. Who's speaking uh, properly one, here? Be born hot. That's pretty much the most important thing you can do in making a speech. Also, you should act like you're above it all. I'm not even going to tell you anything else about that step. Um, oh, and you should always look conscious. What was it like working with James Gandolfini? Good, he's a genius. 
to your lower lip. Uh, this works really well with the next one, which is when you just start a sentence and then bail out. <laughs> Great to be at the Nickelodeon. Um... You can suddenly notice your hair. Taylor is like, uh, uh, he has, he's a werewolf, and so like, he doesn't have hair on his, uh, muscles. Uh, he has muscles. You can, um, turn declarative sentences into questions. Um, oh, also, you don't look at the audience when you're talking to them. No, you, you pick a random spot on the floor, and you, you stare at it, and it's like, is somebody there? Are you talking to an invisible bug? <laughs> you are. This program is great for, um, business presentations like this system will generate hundreds of millions in uh, like revenue so it will prevent layoffs and stuff <laughs> yeah! thanks case yeah! dude job interviews i would like to work here because i'm a self-starter and i'm a people person and uh i'm organized maybe you're hired! Oh, thank you! <laughs> That's great! Thanks, K-Stu! <laughs> Eulogies? My husband was, like, cool-ish. He was... He was totally there for me. And now he's gone. And that sucks, but what else? <laughs> Thanks, K-Stu. So, order now? Wow. <laughs> I, I, I'm speechless. Maybe I should chew my lower lip and bail. That's really good. I like that. Yeah, dude. She's like, she did a perfect impression. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I thought that was her for a second there. <laughs> that girl looks a lot like her. I know, man. You can't tell that I'm touching my hair right now and biting my lower lip. <laughs> I just noticed my hair and the invisible <laughs> bug on the ground. <laughs> So, like, um, the um, best part about um, Elder Scrolls is, um, so, like, that it's a game. <laughs> we should totally do that after PAX East. And, oh. yeah, but it's a game. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. It's a game. <laughs> no, dude, you guys, you guys should do, like, your, uh, whenever you talk to the, uh, the other guys, you should be like, so, um, uh, Pete, so, uh, about the, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, how did you design it so goodly? Um, <laughs> goodly. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys need to start every single post with Dear Diary, Lou threw a pillow at me today. It didn't feel nice. <laughs> a big fight broke out and it was just so much fun. Dear Diary, I can't stand my family. <laughs> Kill them all! Kill them all! <laughs>